pressure on the nerves, and if you're taking something to quell that, yeah. are you cheating? Effectively, do you think yes. at the top level of competing, especially in a sport like powerlifting, it does come down to the mental stuff? Like, because it's different than other sports. It's different. Uh, yeah, reactionary sport. Yeah, it's, but there's still the like if you're first out on platform, say, or your last lift is, you know, going to change your total and therefore the position that you're in. If you're off competing at people that are nervous and they're anxious about lifting mm-hmm. and therefore it affects their performance. Yeah. And if you look at the most elite lifters, prime example in the UK for me is uh, Joy Namani. She sits and reads a book in between sets. Because she's chill. Yeah. And she's chilled. And, well, I don't know if she's chilled, but she definitely appears to be in her demeanour is that she's calm. And the other competitors see that as well. Yeah. So you're, cause you're, you're just in a hall, right? Yeah, so she's like, like a holding room basically. So someone might be there fucking weighing out their food, stressing, mm-hmm. chatting. Yeah, she sat there happy with a lollipop, there, reading right? a book, and <laughs> relaxing. Yeah, and I, I had my like, Nintendo Switch with me last time I competed, yeah. like, on like a serious level. Yeah. I was playing Zelda. Nice, okay. For me, it's something I enjoy, and therefore like, yeah. I just hope it doesn't come into it as much because I'm only looking at my own performance and where I finish it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, powerlifting is such one of those sports that it's about the work that you put in. If you can keep your mind, your mind in a good state, no one's no one's going to stop you from lifting that bar. Which is why strength sports are so interesting because it's it's all down to the work that you've done. Yeah. You can be a pretty shitty NFL American uh, footballer and, and win like three Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. You can't get away with that in a sport like powerlifting. It's just you. Yeah, you can be like you can be carried by your team a little bit more. In yeah. Sports. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't yeah. say there's any like terrible NFL players. No. True. They might be terrible in comparison to in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, like if you're just some dude that's like not even a punter, just someone on the special teams. But even those guys, they're three athletes. Elite athletes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just have this one random skill. There was a video that went viral fairly recently. I don't know if you saw it. It's a guy called Brian Scalabrini. He's in the NBA. He's like 42 now, 43, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit younger. He retired like a decade ago, and some high school basketball player like challenged him. To I did see that. Brian Scalabrini was always considered yeah. like as a Average, yeah, ginger guy, six nine. Yeah. To put the perspective, how bad? Well, he, how bad he is compared to other NBA players? He's had like the lowest ever two K rating. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, his player ranking wasn't even on the official rankings the season that he finished NBA. Yeah. Out of like, all four hundred and fifty players, you could barely find his stats. Mm-hmm. But this high school basketball player challenged him yeah. to like first to eleven, and Brian Scott Green didn't let his kid score a point and annihilated him. He just like. If you've ever been around elite athletes, yeah, that's, that's it's the consistency of how good they are makes them yeah. different to everyone else, but they're still like, exceptional even if they're terrible. And it's if you see like a terrible football player in the premiership, yeah. they're better than literally 99.9% yeah. of everyone else. That could be good as well, the size difference was like... It's top two inches, right? Yeah. Is that coming back to what you're saying? Like, if you can stay calm in between your sets, that's a show of the kind of competitive you are. Yes. If you're then taking something to enhance that part of your performance, it doesn't have to be enhancing your lifts or enhancing your strength. Could just be enhancing your ability to cope with the pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still technically an advantage over people who yeah. aren't doing that. Right? Um, yeah, there was a lifter in um, UBF two years ago got banned for having cocaine in the system. <laughs> and it was not to make, it, it, it's a stimulant. So yeah. it's, and it's more of a mental stimulant, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I know the guy, and he's a really nice guy, and he wasn't doing anything to make himself stronger per se. Yeah. But he's hyping himself up to a level that yeah. almost makes you stronger. You could just use that nose stuff. That shit rocked. Oh, well, yeah. I remember I was set GSD once yet, and you were like, Do you want to try this? And I was like, Okay. PSA for any kids listening, don't take anything away at all. Took a little sniff of it, and then started doing GHDs for some reason, which was a bad idea. I felt my world explode. Yeah. Like your head's vibrating. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't even advocate people 
to take what really. What is it? It's my next question. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a it's common in the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they use the ones that like snap. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do it like week, like because the NFL season is like a thirteen week season. Yeah. I don't know. It's like basically a thirteen week train crash where it's every week you're literally coming in on Sunday or Monday night and you're just fucking running through it. Yeah, I can't imagine how you've got to think like the fatigue of your body a lot of the time is more based on how you think than how you actually feel. Yeah. You might feel super fatigued, but your muscles don't like really mechanically fail. No, yeah. They never mechanically fail unless they're broken or torn. It's your mind connection to them that gets slowed down through and This is what I'm a huge fan of your whoop band thing. I just, just about to bring it up. Am I correct in saying that ammonia salts basically like raise your blood pressure before you lift it, right? So there's yeah, a, yeah. from it's I think from a powerlifting perspective, the sniff into your obviously yeah. into your nose is to open your cocoon into your brain and yeah. your 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 nose and your face and stuff like that. But it's it's waking you up because it's a hit to your brain to say like yeah the blood pressure is supplying a little bit more. But yeah, essentially like that will shock your system a little bit, raise your blood pressure slightly. But it's just a more for your mind than physically. Yeah. They use it for people who think. Yeah, yeah, like just yeah. Back up. yeah. It's like the reverse of being knocked unconscious, basically. Yeah, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Fatigue is massively interesting topic because what is like? Can you really define fatigue? Like when I say fatigue, you kind of think like, oh, tired, my muscles are sore. But like you said, you can be tired, your muscles are sore, and you can still pull close to your best lift. Yeah, not your best lift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah after. Um, I think from what I know, there's two kinds of fatigue. There is sort of mental side of things where your body is kind of going, um, okay, I'm, you're going to get hurt if you keep doing this, so I'm going to force you to stop, like that little voice in your head going, don't do it, don't do it, don't yeah. do it. The other side of it is like you say, injury, or you basically just get to the point where the pain is so much in your muscles that you then stop. You could also be arguing that it's mental, but... Yeah, because your brain, can, you can turn that off. Yeah, you can, you can fight through pain. Yesterday. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, ah, People fail for different reasons. Do you fail because your muscles hurt, or do you fail because you don't think you can do it? Mm. Yeah, I think it's the pain is essentially a warning sign of mm. danger, isn't it, to your body? Yeah. yeah. Damage, basically. Warning sign of damage. Yeah. And yeah, you're talking about the mental aspect of it. Obviously, we're physical, like your physical like pain and mental pain, they're the same thing. They're all mm. intrinsically linked to each other. Because mm-hmm. you have your muscular fatigue, you have yeah. your central nervous system fatigue. But you could say that's not necessarily your brain, it's not mental fatigue, but they are all linked yeah, in a way. But um, yeah, like uh, fatigue, well, stress from your personal life or outside stress yeah. can be the same as stress from actual training. Yeah, like, oh, there's been a lot of studies that prove that. I found sometimes stress from your personal life is worse. Yeah. Like it, may, like, it, it can be more painful than. Like Dolans and soreness are pretty easy to deal with, but that sort of gut wrenching yeah. feeling in your stomach when you've got shit going on, that sort of anxiousness, mm-hmm. that for me affects training more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, sometimes the opposite. Sometimes when you've got loads of shit going on, it's like, oh, we're getting after it today because yeah, I need to go to a place where I'm not thinking about it anymore. <laughs> I would work you really well or messes your shit up. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to go hard, and you're like, I don't need to go hard today. But yeah. no, I want to go hard. But if you, if you say, if you use the example, say that. If you spent a week training like really solidly, or two weeks training really solidly, consistently, mm-hmm. but your diet's been great, you've slept well, you've 
annihilate yourself in the gym and you feel fatigued yeah. and you come to the end of that week and you're like, I'm tired, but what's the scale from 1 to 10, you're like 5 or 6, pretty chill. If the start of that next week, you slept 2 hours, yeah. you probably feel worse straight away than yeah. that whole week of working out. Yeah. And that's not just physically, because again, that goes back to your brain and not, not you know, the importance of sleep. But that there's so many factors into what does fatigue mean and what does... How do you guys deal with the like the repetition of your guys' sport? Because one thing that keeps me motivated, and I'm pretty sure you're the same. Variety. The variety yeah. of CrossFit. I know that um, you know, sometimes I'm going to be deadlifting and squatting and getting after it that way. But sometimes I'm going to be flailing about on rigs. Sometimes I'm running mm-hmm. somewhere. There's just so much different stuff going on, and that keeps me going. Yeah. I know when I've run powerlifting cycles, the thing that gets me the most is like, oh, we're squatting again, we're benching again, we're deadlifting again. Yeah. And you guys have done that on an extreme level, especially you, Seth, because I've seen it firsthand. I remember when you first came in here, because you were the first. You were the first. Me and Andrew Sullivan were probably the first. Joe, you going before him? I don't know, I need to ask Alex. I'm pretty sure I got the first year membership. Yeah. Oh yeah, you straight up well, I just yeah. had one. <laughs> we first came in here, we trained when it was like not even open. Yeah, I remember that. So she like the rig there. There's and no desk. Yeah, yeah uh, barely any mats. There wasn't any floor down at all. Yeah, that was like platform down. That was like, what was it now? August 2017. It was earlier than that, because it was like the first quarter of 2017. I think it was like I know you said we came in here after that point from my training. It's just gone leaps and bounds from there. But yeah, do you find you ever get tired with it? Like, are you like, oh, or do you genuinely love the SPD format? Um, well, you take breaks though, don't you? Yeah, yeah well, if, you, the if you feel like that, like you're, it's too much, you're fatigued, you don't enjoy it, you have no desire to train, that probably means you need to deal with it anyway. Yeah. That should be a sign, like a telltale sign to yourself that you should pull, like, pull back. Yeah. You're talking about arousal though. Like you're saying training arousal. Like yeah, training arousal. Yeah. For me, it's just setting targets. Yeah. I think that's for like most power. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Too. And also just the competitive aspect because obviously, I think Seb always says this, like testosterone tends to make people competitive in yeah. all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be in a room with a bunch of guys who are a lot more in shape than the average human being. Yeah. A lot stronger than the average human being. So you're going to be like, I'm not going to out and just like not try like I still want to show up like it's all respect but at the end of the day like I'm trying to make it as hard as possible for someone who's in my weight class or someone who's in my age bracket or weight class whatever to beat me and vice versa well you're trying to make it impossible for them really not impossible but you like I know the possibility of losing yeah the the possibility of losing is still there regardless oh yeah you could have yeah none of us neither of us are the best in the world but we're pretty close uh, in Britain, at one point, like oh. I was during 2019, yeah. in so the pandemic hit what March. Yeah. I got Team GB like invitations for squads. That's a bitch. And then COVID happens, and that's not yeah. gonna. But whatever, like it's in the past. I don't, I don't care at this point. What? Well, I want to go back to where that is at now, and it's still in Britain. Yeah, it depends on how everything goes, and if where I place is a couple other, there's other really strong guys now. And the sport keeps growing, so you're going to keep having these guys coming out of the woodwork. This is a big thing. I feel like it really is growing now. I feel like, especially on the female side of things, and cottoning on to how good strength is for like the female body. Yeah. Strength is just so underrated. It's king. Other than like, other than like young males, you just never see someone like gassing up strength in 
anyone else in the older generation, like, my Uber driver on the way here was like, get 35, it's like, then stop lifting weights because it's bad for you. It's like, how did you get You stopped at 35. How did you get onto that chat? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I just got in and he started talking. He was like, oh, bro, what do you do for a living? You're a builder? I was like, no, I work in a gym. He's like, I thought it was actually your legs are massive. I was like, no, thank you. Very much. <laughs> and I was like, they're only massive because they are swollen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just waffling on away, like saying, like, you get to 35 and it all goes downhill. He was like, oh, you lose all your muscle, all your fat comes out of your body. I was like, what? This now. Like, I love that thing where people would be like, "Oh, you shouldn't build up because your muscle will turn to fat." Yeah, it's yeah. like Also, like it's literally the complete opposite that people yeah. just don't understand. Like, <laughs> your bone, your, your bone strength, muscular density. If you don't, basically after like thirty-five, if you stop training, you'll lose one percent of your muscle mass a year. Essentially, yeah. if you do, you essentially have no loss. Yeah. And you see it in strength like this, especially in the powerlifting world. There's loads of elite powerlifters that are in there. 50s and 60s, that most regular people would see and say, like oh, that's insane, they're sporting this or benching that or deadlifting that, but it's because they just stay consistent. Your body yeah. is supposed to be consistent. And we're at that point as well where even when you hit 50, you can still be in like really good shape yeah. if you wanted to. Like Joe Rogan said it, like, once you hit 50, you still want to push it. Yeah, if you want to still be like in good shape, but you don't want to compete or anything. Go to the doctor, take TRT, oh, and be yeah, perfectly yeah. healthy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm like, actually going to get week. better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to get more dope. Yeah, like, safer. That's yeah. In five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, medicine is advancing very yeah. rapidly. See, part of me, I feel like that makes loads of sense. I'm like, right, I'm getting older, but I still want to get get after it and train hard. So yeah, let's replace the testosterone. But do I really want to be walking around as a fifty-year-old guy feeling like the, the like intensity of like 18 <laughs> at some point I want this shit to make me calm down <laughs> like maybe I'll just maybe it down. levels you out it's not like a surplus yeah. it just makes you like it, it, I don't know Joe Rogan basically said that it essentially makes him feel like he was when he was 30 yeah. he's 54 55 yeah. so like people don't give him credit enough like even though he's, he is like bald and stuff he's like in way better shape oh, like my dad at 55 could not do half of the shit Joe Rogan does on the day to day my dad at 55 was diabetic <laughs> my dad now, I checked him on our own body machine and I was like, he was happy when I said your score's not bad. He was like, oh, fine, then I'll continue to do it. No, your score's not bad, but it could be so much better. Like, you've got our own body machine, it's basically like weight, muscle mass, and fat mass, and you've got three shapes. You've got C, where you're like, weight is really high, your fat mass is really high, your muscle mass is really low, I, which is like in the middle where everything's banging in line, and then obviously you've got like the big D, when you've got loads of muscle mass. <laughs> Average body weight and your, your fat mass is quite low. And I was like, Dad, you're, you're just about getting to an R. So I was like, so you've got all right muscle mass, you've managed to maintain that or, or somehow build some. Um, but you could probably lose a bit of weight if you lose a bit of fat mass. And he was like, okay, I went for a run that day and has since not done anything else. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're fine, right? You can still walk, you still move and all stuff. I was like, but imagine what you'd be like if you lost three kilos of fat mass. Imagine how easy your life would be. Like, it's a point where you can't do those things anymore and you, you've scraped by when you could have made it so much easier by doing like one thing a week of exercise. It's so, it's so selfish. It's such a little serious. It's like it's so selfish. Even from like a Western person's perspective yeah. and even just from like an ancestor's perspective, like we're li- we always are going to be living in the best time yeah. for humanity to be like thriving. It's like, you know, technology gets better, science yeah, yeah, gets better. Yeah. So I don't understand why people nowadays actively choose not to exercise. Especially yeah. in a lockdown where like 
I was a bit selfish at first where I was like, oh, it's going to be so hard for people like to train and stuff. But if you really think about it, if you're the regular person, like, you just go to the park and yeah. skip rope, like, play yeah. football with like a friend or something. Yeah. You do a bunch this, of stuff. Well, this is where I think people fall short. Is when they think that exercising has to be weight training, weight training yeah. or running in the park. Coming back to my dad, I have to give him some credit. The sun comes out, he's straight in that garden every single weekend. And he's just literally revamping the entire thing by himself. He has to do one thing, which is pick up some heavy ass plant pot. But I mean, like, he's like three leveled dirt, surfaces, built sheds, and all sorts of stuff. So he is active during like summer, but it's the rest of the year where he's like, oh, you can make that summer so much easier. Um, but yeah, like, just like, cleaning the house, man, like, get your knee up. But, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. The dog for a while. Having a dog has probably saved so many people during lockdown because yeah. they get actually a couple of hundred. Yeah, that's a lot more people got dogs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. that's why this winter lockdown sucked. Yeah, because you can't like get out and about and exercise yeah. outdoors, which is horrible. Yeah, it, like it took a lot of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it in the sun, it's like, oh, it's actually kind of fun. Like, that's going something with these. Same thing, you go, like you walk into a gym, you're in a room full of testosterone and mm. people getting after it. You turn the TV off and do a push up in your living room. There's no like atmosphere in there that's saying like how good are you? What's your metal like today? Like, you know, this person's working harder than you and they've done fifteen hour shift at work. And the soul walked in the other day and I was like, oh a bit sore, he's like, bro, I've just finished work, it's like three in the afternoon, a bit of a time. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, I've got no problems, I need to start lifting some weight. He's a savage, he's always been doing that like night shifts and then there's a few people like that in here who just work real strenuous jobs and then come in and train after that. Crazy in the morning. There's a few there's a few power in that world. The gym world champions too. There's a guy called Eli Burks and he's he's a doctor but he's a hospital administrator. So he works like sixteen hours a day sometimes. Like some crazy hours. Like he'll come back to his basement and train at four AM, wake up to his kid at six AM and go back to work or some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was manually afforded as well. Yeah, yeah he was before he was like a, a pretty much a household name now. Yeah. And he would have to get after it work and then train. And we're talking like elite level athletes are like 20 hours a week training, right? At that point, for, for his size and stuff like that. Like, at least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Where am I? Most people maybe do like five. A week? Most, yeah. Maybe a week? Yeah, five, six. That'll do the trick. Which is enough stimulus, but top 1.1% in the world. Imagine putting 20 hours a week onto your already 40 plus hour job and then having a kid and a wife and I'm trying to have a life. But what do you think the main difference between powerlifting and strongman is? Because I feel like there's such a debate between who is actually strong. And it's such a tricky one because obviously you have all this old object stuff in World Strongest Man, but then in powerlifting it's very rigid on what you're going to do. It's it three lifts, it's not events, it's yeah. not yeah. Like, It tests all of the static strength that is pure as I Yeah. So, I think it. I think it's just the, the weight class implementation. Yeah. So we actually have weight classes like to yeah, bodylifting and like other combat sports, and it'd probably be also just the fact that it's more. It caters to more people. Yeah. Because strongman, like, you're gonna have to be at least like minimum Wes's height. Yeah. And above to be an elite strongman. Yeah, you need to have a certain amount of weight, and carrying weight obviously as you're smaller. No one at 5'8", 5'9", is going to be weighing 400 pounds. Wes is about 6'4". That's crazy how you'd be kind of small. Yeah, but not necessarily. 
In terms of weight wise, probably, but Nova at the same time, Nova Coffee just one is like a slightly smaller than me and slightly lighter than me. Do you think maybe that is the way it's just our sports going? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, like yeah. as opposed to just these freaks of nature. Well, it did for a while. So at the start, it was a little bit like that. You had like Magneton, Magneton. It was it's maybe six, maybe six three. Is he yeah. the deadlift guy? No, he is. That deadlift guy. Yeah. Oh, Magneton was the, the first one of the lightweight strongman who just dominated because he was he was quick and explosive yeah. and athletic. Super strong, super quick, agile. Uh, but he had he was years of power lifting. So yeah. He got his stack strength so high, oh, yeah. and all he had to do was just learn to shift. I think the, the majority of like elite strongmen would have some kind of power from yeah, it's weird. I, 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 when I first met him in powerlifting, I knew he was a phenomenal powerlifter. Mm. And then it, I, I knew that he wanted to go into strongman, and he has like a very laser like mm. motivation to do that. Yeah. And I always thought that he's, I thought, oh, this guy's going to be a world strongest man for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not going to be, it's just when you look around now and see like, um, what's the guy's Oh, Another car, and then you've got um, uh, Michaela Schneider. Yeah, he's like twenty-four. Uh, he's, he's like twenty-eight. He's in his like. He'll probably be the next guy to like have his ring. He's the star, right? If like, yeah. the guy like, trashed his body already. Yeah, because um, he was young and he's torn both biceps. He's had shoulder injuries. Like, yeah, he's biceps. had a lot of surgeries. They all they all have secret like. Severe injuries they don't talk Yeah, about. but he's, he's but like so Nervous Club is only 23. He'll be, he'll be younger, he'll be 24, 25. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. But when you do that, when you are that young, like, yeah, you, you could argue, right? He's young enough to have torn his biceps, he'll probably get, make a full recovery. However, his strength has obviously surpassed what his ligaments are used to because yeah. he's so young. So his tendon strength isn't quite there yet. There was another one, there was a Kevin Knee. The strong man, yes, yeah, he had like the water then at some point, which was like 415 kilos at this point. That's a strong man, anyway. That but and he was 23 when he pulled that, yeah. He, wow, but his world up because all his ligaments just like pang. Yeah, see, the, the combination of athletes where you see they come from a static strength background, they're very young, and then if they go into anything that's untested and start to take less, yeah. be honest, that's what they're doing. Oh, massively, their muscular strength has grown proportionally, their tendons, yeah, can cope with. And you see that in one of the things that you, you look for as a lifter and you see in like untested lifting more typically is things like bicep tears. Because yeah. they don't tend to happen to people that are not taking anything. Yeah. Because the muscular strength has not been like it's not artificial. Yeah, it's not but like grown exponentially versus their tendon and their joint strength. Which you guys is never considered taking so. I mean like, like when you say it like seriously. Like I don't know, just because Again, with steroids, I feel like there's not enough open conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I've just, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where have you ever thought about, like, well, if I wanted to go to a next, next level and I'm curious about it, you'd have to do these things. Yeah. Like, is it a rush line? No. I, I've, I've been in strength sports for a long, long time, and I look at it slightly differently. As we were talking about motivation for powerlifting earlier on, mm-hmm. I've, gone, I've won quite a few things, but I've never gone to a competition with the mindset is, I'm going to win, especially in powerlifting. My mindset is that I want to beat what I've done before, yeah. and to be qualified by a referee as hitting a standard is considered to be elite. Right. It's not that I want to go and beat some guy. Competition's nice, but I'm an older lifter now anyway, yeah. and I'm not 21 anymore. And the idea of like I have to bro someone and beat them yeah. and be better than them, 
I think it's detrimental to people. Yes, intrinsically it's detrimental, right? Yeah. But you're doing it to yourself. Doing I think if you look at elite athletes yeah. all over the world, the majority of them are not saying, I want to annihilate that person. Yeah. It's not specific, it's just you want to be... I want to be better than I was before. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like yeah. Probably like a 70 30 flip, right? Like everyone, you probably enjoy the feeling of winning and there's that, there's that you know, get handed a trophy or medal or whatever. Absolutely. That's a great feeling, but the reason you started doing it in the first place is probably because you loved it, enjoyed yeah. it, and it gave you satisfaction. Yes, and okay. that goes back to the steroid conversation, whereas for me, I think that, and someone said this to me before, a long time ago, Kevin Twigger, who owns um, Future Fitness, yeah. he said if I were to take steroids, it just makes me the same as the majority of the people in strength sports, mm-hmm. and I'm not unique anymore, mm-hmm. being strong as a natural lifter. So then I've just thought about it, like, for me, the benefit of doing it, yeah. I've, not, I've never seen someone that's had intentions of being world's strongest man or even world number one in power or anything like that or like an all-time world record holder I just have enjoyed the process of getting stronger and that's like the motivation thing going back to before what just everyone was saying I almost look at it like a video game yeah. and that's why power is easy for me to be motivated for because yeah. if I pull 350 I want to pull 355 yeah. and 316 yeah. and 365 and 370 this is it, and that makes it easy for me to it doesn't but you that's you, the best bit you pb in some way Always. When I'm 60 years old, if I can pull 250, 260 is a deadlift. Yeah. That's a PR for like a PB for a master's degree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think I think that's kind of exactly where my mindset's always been at because powerlifting's not at the forefront of my mind all the time. Like, yeah. yeah. I eventually have to like you know do normal adult things like <laughs> yeah. get a good job. Yeah. And hopefully find a woman that like can deal with my fucking tantrums half the time <laughs> and have kids with her. You, when you find them, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and do, or do the casual thing of like, you know, divorce at 45, oh, start another kid. Yeah, <laughs> I always no. say that, I'm always like, I think my first wife would be like this. The <laughs> trial and error, yeah. yeah like, no, but a word that, unfortunately, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, steroids... Uh, how, many, how many retries do we get at that game? It's never, I, I don't, for me personally, at first, I think I'm being like super young, we were like, yeah, like I'll, I'll jump when I'm 25, and then, and then I got to like 22, 21, and I started hanging around with Wes, and I was like, that's a fucking stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stay natural because I'm doing pretty well, and everyone thinks I'm relatively strong, so yeah. I'll, I'll keep it that way. If like people are telling me I'm doing something right, then I'm probably doing something right. It's one of the biggest compliments you can get being accused of being on steroids. Oh, not yeah. to me. No. To me it's not. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I know from his perspective it, it isn't because a lot of people have said it. Oh yeah, we get DMs on the <laughs> all the time like, you know that dude's on steroids, right? I'm like, well, yeah, and it's not to be in the building. It's, <laughs> not, to, it's <laughs> not to shit on everyone that takes steroids and it's not to make the assumption that people that take don't work hard or haven't worked hard. Mm-hmm. But I also know the science behind taking steroids. Yeah. And I can show you, like, I can get some papers that I can show you that have been done by you know, research groups showing people that have taken for 12 weeks and gained 17, 18 pounds of muscle without lifting weights. Versus okay. someone that worked their arse off for that whole time lifting weights and put on 12 pounds of muscle. And this, there's yeah. this weird notion that it, it's, oh, you know, but they don't do that much, but they absolutely do. And it's this, brutal, it's this absolutely my issue with it. And it's so it kind of, for me, is like taking away from me putting in loads of work. Yeah, true. Saying, this, you must have taken something. It's yeah. like, but a the mentality to have, I think. Yeah, at the lead level, though, like, two play fair for those guys that aren't like going that side of the sport. Mm-hmm. You have to 
A, be super good at what you do. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be an elite genetic for, like you have to be talking because yeah. one of the best guys in Untested, and you might have heard of him, John Hack. Yeah. He was the best eighty three in the IPF. And he was like, I I've done everything I wanted to do in tested powerlifting, I'm gonna move on to untested. And he's like dominant there, so you're like What's the common denominator? Yeah. It's going to be genetics because there's guys working as hard as him in the gym for sure. Yeah, They're probably even working smarter than him. Yeah. But it's like he's just that guy. You can't do anything about him. No, it's no, like, this was it's kind of like Tom Brady winning his like seventh ring. You're like, yeah. it's just Tom. Like, you know, and I think that's where you pull out the like, you've got to think of the coincidences of transports. Yeah, and that's why it's always positive to focus on yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the issue with it. You might find some kid like Hathor Bjornsson. Like, yeah, you, there's nothing you can do to become that person. Yeah. So don't focus on what you can't do, just do what you can do. Which is one thing with it, was like you, you're doing a disservice to yourself and your own natural potential by not finding that or working hard enough to get that yeah. before you start thinking about enhancing. enhancing. Like you have to work hard and you can't beat that. Like yeah, you've got to be half or it's going to grow. You're about 60. Yeah, like 200 kilos. He's just going yeah. to be stronger. But I can, right? But if you're getting strong to beat him, and that's not going to be good enough motivation and then you go down the wrong path you're going to end up unhappy he probably found that it wasn't like conducive to his lifestyle as well being the strong man he was yeah. it's like he's like oh I'm going to get paid a million dollars to fight another well, this, strong man this oh, yeah, he's like why I don't I think that's yeah. because I think he's, he is a strong man right he's got such a natural gift to just pick up heavy so, shit yeah he would be like the Icelandic log pressing yeah. champion yeah. and he could have like Especially in sport of strongman, like I really enjoy that sport so much. And there's only ever been one person to win five. And you're always waiting, every sport always wants to see the next guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Hathor, as much as I don't like you, you, you have you all that, reason, that, that, that. You want yeah. that person to win six because it's so easy for you. It's the only person ever in the same year to win all three major competitions. Yeah. Yeah. That is massive, yeah. man. And these are heavy competitions. Yeah. So, like, what's the other one? You've got the Arnold, so you've got World Strongest Man, Arnold, and then World's Ultimate Strongman. Like, I thought it was Europe's right? No, it's okay. You won Europe's as well, you won Europe. But that's not considered the big three, is it? No. Because you can't, you don't have the, the top contenders out. Yeah, well, yeah. it's just European people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically, as soon as Hathor started competing in that, he pretty much won every year. Except for the time Lawrence Charlotte beat him, but that was because Hathor was young and stupid. You're a strongman. strongman. <laughs> I love strongman. Same, same. It's one of the most fascinating things to watch. It is fascinating. We're watching back in the day when Kuchinowski was about and just seeing this like genetic freak, obviously like, just the ultimate form, yeah, yeah. Just massive, you know, like, physically. Yeah, six one. Though. But not yeah, not tall, but just but like just muscular wise, enormous, yeah, yeah. like athletic and agile and stuff like that. Yeah. So that yeah, it's um. And he would do things that you would be like, how is this guy winning? And yeah. you would have like this during some time, probably one of the, the strongest men on the planet. Yeah, big Z, big enormous man, just man. Ah, you watch an interview with him, the way he talks about strength just makes you 10% stronger. Yeah. Because he just goes, you will be strong if you want to be strong. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, okay. Yeah. Did you see what he did last year? Oh, coming, when he's coming back. No, no, what he did on his social media. No. He was talking to some uh, some girl, but he posted his dick on his story by accident. <laughs> oh, no. got a glimpse of it, and everyone was like, uh, what? And the funniest thing ever was he was at a comp. He was a commentator or he was helping out yeah. there. So it was just like, obviously, like he cut the atmosphere with a butter knife. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, we just saw your penis. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, all else, I hope it was a solicitate. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think, I think it was like, to like a female friend, like someone he was yeah. 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 No, but like, he yeah. it to everybody instead of just yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. Oh, man. It happens to the best of them. Yeah. There's a bit with the Julius, right, where probably right before the peak of his career, he just got stopped because of injury. Because he was getting on a bit. Yeah, yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix called Board Shop where they focus on him a little bit. Yeah. He talks about where he trains. Yes. So, like, he trains in a stadium in he just trains in like an empty stadium where he competed for the first time just under the sands in this dusty ass room that's just got so much weights in there that are all like bumpered battered plates and he's just like I just train here because the stadium gives me power so there's no music there's no nothing he's by himself lifting ridiculous weights and he's like this is this is where I work out because every, I mean he owns it because he's just owns the whole of the city but He's like got like a government position there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. into like political kind of position. But like, I think yeah. for him, because of what George Wade was like, Klitschko uh, was born. Yeah. yeah, they're both politicians now. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Wade was the president of Liberia. He played for AC Milan for, yeah. and he was the only African player to win. Five years time, Jake Paul's gonna be. His <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's gonna be very surprising. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what was the wrestler called? Askren. No, Jesse Ventura. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a lot of movies and stuff. Mm. He's a, like, he could have a Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 there's another What's actor. I watched a, a CinemaSins video earlier about Predator. There's Arnie and another actor. That's Jesse Ventura. They both went to Jesse Ventura. What's yeah. your thoughts on all this? Because you guys are combat sport fans. What's your thoughts on people sort of underducking the desire to get belts and be the best and just fighting each other? Oh, like, business like business. social media. Yeah, like yeah. YouTubers fighting, strongmen fighting. Yeah. Like, it's good respect to respect to the guys doing it. For, yeah, like, ultimately, like, these sports are entertainment. So, you might. Sorry, my ego. Just if you can twist that. I'll just say what I'll do. But, yeah, um, no. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm thinking that too. Back to forth. It's just because it's chairs, like, yeah, it's just so big. Yeah, it's so big. But, no, ultimately, like, sport is entertainment. So, yeah. people want to see, you know, what. Every month is and what's entertaining to them. You can get to the elite level stuff and mm-hmm. argue about should like Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and stuff. And Jake Ben Askren going into the fight looking like a bag of milk. Yeah, he had no he kind of intentions to be in shape, but he was making a bunch of money and he didn't really care. And Jake Paul was like promoting it and pushing it, and making the money. It feels it. weird to me that someone though that would train to the level to be an Olympian. Like that takes a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. But like, this is this to is, then just years later be like, ah, yeah, I'll get knocked out. That's where this is him like give him after a hip replacement as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Recently. two years ago or a year to, ago. To, like, to, do, to say something controversial, but in regards like what you can be, Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not a politician. He had no given right to be in that position. Yeah. No expectations that he was going to do that early in his career, and then obviously start to go towards it. So the notion that you know what you've trained for and what you've been is what Jake Paul mm-hmm. might actually be a really good boxer. Imagine. Could I do I know that right now? No, because yeah. a standard of fights he's a like, I don't four, think he's not great. I don't think he should fight any fighters soon. I think that would be dumb. You never yeah, he, he, he wouldn't as a normal professional boxer. Yeah, this is you wouldn't go in against the elite of the elite in the boxing world. Yeah, this is why freaking AJ hasn't fought Fury for so long. I'm so sick because he's just see that fight. He's one part of me is like, oh man, because you you that pride is you want to be like, yeah, you want to do not want to have anyone saying that like you haven't done this yet, so mm. you're not number one. But at the same time, 
once that's over, it's kind of over, right? Yeah. There's always going to be a winner in that fight, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like a rematch is a rematch, it doesn't matter. You went into that, that first, yeah, the first one. The first one is that it, that's it, that's top of the map. Unless it's like a controversial one. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's like, like, a, like, like the, what's it called? The, the Ben Askren fought uh, Robbie Dollar. Yeah, that was So he beat Robbie Dollar. And everyone was like, that was a bullshit call. And then you rewatch the video and like, Robbie didn't even tap. <laughs> he literally had a, apparently he had like a verbal saying, he was like, I'm fine. Yeah. And I got confused with the ref and he pulled him off. Oh, and Bass was like, yeah, 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 But like everyone knows like in a rematch, Robbie, someone like Robbie Dollar would kill him. Yeah, yeah. No so just say that. Strength. Some of like oh, mid-table at the UFC guys would. The which one? So the Wilder Tyson moment where Tyson's just out and then just gets up. It's like, bro, you can't for like 15. God, that, that was right. dodgy, yeah. Just oh, the first one? The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. At the same time if you're Fury, though, you're just listening to the rep. So if he'd gone quicker and done it within 10 seconds, Fury might have just got off quicker. I think that's why he... Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll yeah. hold for the count. Yeah, like if the, the rep's on one, two, for me, I'm just going to be like, right, just <laughs> wait, And then when he gets to eight, nine, ten, that's when he's got going on. Yeah, so regardless of how fast he does it, I think the outcome was the same. Oh, yeah, like a tremendous performance. That's why no one else is doing that. That's why he went completely like against the grain for the second one and got. Oh, yeah. He changed what he went from. Uh, the one training. Yeah, the, it was like Ben to Gronk. Ben. He went from Ben. What? Can't remember his name. It was a young trainer. Was yeah. Yeah. Super, it was super. Yeah. 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 He looked yeah. like a fitness coach. Yeah, he went to Sugar Ray Stewart. He went to Sugar Ray Stewart. He was like known for like making good fighters. And everyone was like. Oh no, he's uh, he's just gonna need to play it safe and he just fucking kicked his ass. I mean, <laughs> he didn't realize he could bully him. Yeah, I mean, he was like, oh wait, I'm, I'm more just taller than you. He realized uh, Wilder couldn't fight going backwards. No, so he's not like someone like Stylebender who can like swing back and knock you out. So also, with power punches like that, that's a, that's a one trick pony, isn't it? Bully you. Get those yeah. punches in. Yeah. Make you he swing scared in that fight. And not yeah. to say, like, oh, he's a pussy. He's yeah, he came out to the rush afterwards about it. I'm not being funny. Yeah. Yeah. The way he's doing it. Oh, that was the oh, craziest one. Oh, being funny. You knock someone out like that, and then they get up. I'd be fucking scared. He got off that canvas like he was literally. It was the Undertaker. Yeah, it was the Undertaker. There was so many comments regarding like the race between the two as well, which I found so stupid. But I'm gonna call it now. Like I know it's gonna be a huge problem with Adrian Fury. Where it's gonna be like white British versus black British oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I people like no, but, a bit of banter, isn't yeah, it? people like no, it's never gonna be like you know we're, we're peace and love. Like bro, it'll be like that. I mean, I can't yeah, 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 yeah Fury's like, a gypsy, isn't he? So yeah, he doesn't really share that common. No, no, no but like, like fans, fans won't think of that. No, 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 be no. like, oh, it's a white guy. I'll go with him. Yeah, but, yeah. If you look at Gypsy heritage, he's not. Yeah, it's not. Even, they're not. They're not like part of English society, British society. Yeah, no, they're, they're not accepted by a lot. Of people. No, of course not. And I've seen, like, I've met gypsies that have. They are discriminated against heavily. Mm. And I remember oh, talking to a guy before where he likened it to like the N word mm. when people called him a pikey and that kind of stuff. And he was like, and and Tyson Fury very much still in that heritage. Mm. His wife, uh, he watched a show where his yeah. wife was talking about their kids. Mm-hmm. Where his daughter would get married at 16, his kids wouldn't go to school. Yeah, still that's there. not like the societal norm. I know what you mean though, in terms of like the the white versus black argument. And you could argue that the popular the popularity of boxing from America was heavily influenced by the kind of racial side of it. Being able to yeah, see yeah. like yeah. these giant black guys fight each other for a long time, it could, it, you could, it could, like 
Like an eagle mandingo. Yeah, that's what it was. That's basically what it was. But ultimately, again, it's, it's entertainment. Yeah. And those being Stoke, unless you're Mexican. Yeah, and they're just like, fucking, they can fight their hearts out for some reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Everyone forgets, like, the best, probably, like, most people's, like, best fighter ever, a lot of people's, like, list is, like, Julio's child is Drew and a senior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, son now. And he's like, because he had the most unbeaten at one point. He's like, 80 and 0. But like they fight, they used to fight like every all month. the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's and he came out fine. Like he's talking and everything, and he's like, not you know, like this man is not showing CTE. It might hit one day. Yeah. Like George Saint Pierre said this, where like people think he's like come out of the game perfectly, but like someday he could wake up at forty one and just be like, yeah, he don't know what like, 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 right. completely. Yeah. So he's so out of like when you listen to him speak. Yeah, most most French Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I've noticed there is like. Uh, with boxing, like the higher the IQ the person has, the like a lot of times the better the fighter is, just because they adapt. They well, they adapt like better styles, and also oh, yeah. they just tend to like think more logically about fighting. And I saw Floyd Mayweather can't read. The thing is, he's not smart traditionally at all. He probably yeah. he probably didn't go to school not academically. Like, yeah, the elite. But like he, he's, he's not much. That's, that's yeah. intelligence. You gotta forget he came out. As his own promoter and had a career earnings total revenue of a billion dollars. There's only two other people who've done that, and that's MJ and I think Tiger Woods. Yeah. And MJ did it mostly because of Jordan Brown. Yeah. That's the reason. Like it wasn't not the sport itself. Yeah. yeah. There, I was like, Floyd yeah. Literally, Jackson did well. Yeah. Floyd literally, like, like if you were to like round up how many punches he thrown and how much money he's made. You could probably come up with a crazy stat where, like, for every punch you made, yeah. like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, bro, I can't even call him an idiot because he's okay. He's an idiot for doing certain things in his life. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I he goes home to like six three million dollar cars and does whatever he wants. His kids are set up for life. His kids' kids are set up for life. Yeah, a lot of freedom he bought himself by being that smart. Yeah, and he's fighting Logan Paul, which suggests to me, money. Why would he fight money? That's why he's Surely he shouldn't need money. It's not needing money. No, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about how he just blows Yeah, but that's, no, that's, that's just that I could go poor if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean as well. Like, the, numbers, the numbers as well. Like the, After the Pacquiao fight, because that was the highest pe- uh, pay-per-view fight, and yeah. in boxing, they actually paid their fighters fairly on like, the UFC. Yeah, that's fine. He's like, they literally handed him, like MGM handed him his check, and it was like 250 mil or 200 mil, and you're like, no, this is legit how much he's making today. Yeah. And that's that's just on the game. That's not even after the numbers uh, are done properly. Right. So you gotta think like dudes also, like it's, it's that same thing, isn't it? Like you get three three fifty kilo deadlift, you want a three fifty five kilo deadlift. You get paid for yeah. five yeah. for a fight, you wanna make five fifty million. And the rules yeah. are set up for him in that exhibition match. Like Logan can't weigh above one ninety, he can't weigh above one sixty. Floyd's never really fought as a lightweight so he was never really above 160 that often like yeah. almost he did catch weight with Canelo at 155 which was light for Canelo but it piss easy for him he just walked is, in is there and, any way Logan can win that fight yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah. shit uh, in a way in the sense that he maybe we'll take a hit and just yeah. take yeah, a he's, he's got a hell of a chance no one's going to say that fight super seriously and yeah. say this yeah. is a real boxing match yeah. well the thing is Logan, Logan, get paid a fortune regardless. Logan's yeah. going to win this in the sense where if uh, he catches Floyd and he hits him pretty well, which to be fair he can, because he's gonna yeah he's gonna weigh two hundred pounds at a time. Heavy boy, and he's 
25, 26, Floyd's 44, but yeah. to be fair, there's like clips of him training and like, this dude could, like, yeah, if I had the lead athlete, he could yeah. probably beat the shit out of like most of the world. Yeah, the so Brian is kind of bringing situation again. Yeah, yeah and, I was um, going to say, he fought Bayer though. Bro, this boxing since you were. Like, just three. Yeah. It's, it's a win-win. Yeah. For Logan, yeah, literally, if because if he shows some boxing ability against him, you're like, oh shit, he can box. But it's like, obviously, like a, a purist in the background, be like, if you fought someone like I don't know Anthony Yard, who's a or Yardy, he's a British boxer, yeah. he's a cruiserweight. He just lost against uh, Kovalev, like last year, big loss, because he, people were like, oh, you jumped too high on the like, like talent list, and mm. he fucking killed like Logan. Like no problem. Like okay. a dude like that will be like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll just spar. You can wear headgear. I won't. You kill yeah. him. You kill him within two rounds. If Logan no wins, he wins because you know oh, yeah. Yeah. if he loses, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone will just rejoice because like you be like, well, I don't even hate Logan. I hate Jake more. Jake more. I like yeah. them both. I think they're smart. People no, know, I, 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 I genuinely think Jake's yeah. not a good human. Right. Yeah, I'm I, not sure. There's been instances of him being like, and then there's rape allegations. You're like, ah, I heard that's completely yeah. false. I know, yeah, but, that has come out as being conflicting. But the, the way he's well on camera, he treats his co workers, you can kind of tell. Like, if it's playing a persona, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's that's just a hard part to tell. No, but this was before he was even boxing. He was just being a I dude. I think that was his thing, right? But no kid, no kids like that. And then, like, oh, I love, I love to be like, yeah, yeah. You call yeah. him out for it beforehand. So. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think I think you yeah. make a lot of money off that kind of persona, like the Paris Hilton yeah. example, where yeah, she that's not really her at all. Basically, yeah. it's just an act. I also think like the spotlight messes with your head. Oh, oh no, he's a much money. Ego. He's an idiot your too. Ego's going up. You're already probably like they were. Jake and Logan were pretty famous from the early eight. They were Vine, Vine. Yeah, Logan yeah. Paul is like yeah. one of the first Vine influencers or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they were they were in spotlight from your age, like college. Yeah, like 60, it would have been Logan would have been 18 when yeah. Vine came out. And that Jake, would have been like 16, 15. So and yeah, that's 16, uh, crucial years when you can even turn into a massive superstar. Yeah, or you got to look at now, like <laughs> him <laughs> and Snoop Dogg on, like, yeah, yeah fight, but they look, they seem cool together. Yeah, but there's no association, association with like Snoop being like a piece of shit or yeah. not a good person. Snoop Dogg's commentary is like, yeah, it's, it's like, like a fish. It's yeah. like they're awesome, but I mean, after a while, it's like yeah. I could do with something else. Yeah. Like I want you know, yeah. Why? Why would he commentate anyway? No, I think like, he'd be a great co-commentator alongside someone who knew about boxing and could chime in with some yeah, stuff. He's and a very big sports fan. He's been around sport a lot. I think one of his kids is like a division like one he's, football player. Yeah. Did you ever watch Coach Snoop on Netflix? No. Sick. Snoop Dogg is a football coach. For yeah. Like I, I know about his background. Yeah, yeah, he's a really like he's a high football IQ guy who just loves it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he again is probably playing that persona a bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not sure where his kid's gone. It might be UCLA. It might be at uh, SMU, but it's like an elite school. I mean, isn't Snoop like six five? So it makes yeah, sense he was, that he's a kid. Yeah, he, like, yeah. he has a basketball yeah. court in his house. He's all like someone to always play. Pretty right term. Um, yeah. Something that I wanted to pull up. Wes, you competed what 2019. GB champs, right? Yeah. Won that, and then two weeks later, I went and got second in Europe, right? Six days later. Six days later. It was Western European, so it's like a smaller it's European competition. Yeah. It's basically the Europeans without any Eastern Bloc countries. Right. So no the, Russia. Yeah, the country that, uh, country that cheat. That I've been caught multiple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. What's 
obviously we then had COVID, there's a bit of time off and things like that, are you, are you itching to get back? Um, in a way, I, I haven't left because I don't really see powerlifting as just being on the platform. Yeah, yeah. it's an everyday thing. Right? Yeah, the measure of strength is like officially on the platform, yeah. but am I itching to compete? I've taken a little bit of time off, so not necessarily. The reason I wouldn't want to compete is because I don't want to go onto the platform necessarily where I don't see myself at my best. Yeah, better than your previous. Yeah, and that's my, again, what we talked about before in terms of adding to your total. Like, I won the British, and there's always these kind of conversations in sport, like who was at that competition, because it was a limited number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and who's there and who, whoever isn't there, that doesn't really concern me. I totaled 875, and that was just not my goal for the day. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I won, and obviously I was happy because I was British champ. Mm-hmm. And that title is mine regardless of whatever, whatever. But I didn't total what I wanted to total. Mm-hmm. And what I trained to 885 okay. at 128 to have a 501 Wilkes, because that's yeah. like a, an elite measure of strength. Yeah. And um, I was 10 kilos short then. Where did you fall short? Bench. Yeah. That's because I had I've had elbow yeah. yeah, and I've had besides my elbow and a bit of arthritis on my elbow. But then after that competition, I did spend a lot of time building my bench when I hit some goals I wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. And I was going towards that like, total, that I, the elite total that I wanted. And in the gym, I'd hit like 340 on squat, yeah. 230 on bench, and pulled 360 a bunch yeah, of times. And then I was starting to go towards the elite total, obviously in the gym. Yeah. But then you find that you might go to that comp and you, instead of you know hitting your nine, 40 total, you hit 925. Mm-hmm. Then your next comp, you're 930, 935. Because it's hard to bring it all together on the day, yeah. always. Yeah, but that's what's crazy about doing British champs and then European ones. That's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, just the strain your body has to go through. Yeah, well, I, I, I need a big comp. I think that, um, and a lot of people ask me that question, and I see a lot of younger lifters in particular with the notion that they have to kind of really back off when they've done a competition. Um, one of the best powerlifters in the UK, if not the best powerlifter in the UK, is a guy called Tony Cliff. Oh, yeah. And when I spoke to him and hear him like, say things about it, and I share his sentiments with it, if you can't go and hit nine lifts at a competition and then go back to training in pretty high capacity the following week or the week after that, yeah. or competing again, something you're doing in your training is very wrong. Yeah, you shouldn't send you should like, too much volume or you're not prepared, you're not prepared for, it. for it. You're doing yeah. something that's hyper specific. Yeah. So for me to go to, I went to basically, I competed on the, was it the Sunday now? I competed on the Sunday, mm-hmm. um, won the British, by like seven o'clock, the competition's all over. Mm-hmm. I get back in my car, drive up to Coventry again from Dover, yeah. and then I had a shower. I don't, I tr- I'd never shower after competition, but I'd rather get in the car and just go. Yeah. Be a bit grimy, but get back in the car, yeah. get home, have a shower, eat some good food, do some little recovery work, go for a walk around Memorial Park. Yeah. That was one of the ways I would do recovery. Then on the Wednesday, I flew to Italy, and that was to compete in the Western Euros. And it was the Saturday that I was competing. I wanted to train a little bit more, but because I happened to travel out there, yeah. I wanted to just train to get some blood flow going. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you're competing, you want to kind of carry a bit of fatigue. And going yeah. to any competition for me is like a video game again. You're aggregating fatigue, and you're trying to get the balance of not pushing yourself over the edge. Yeah. But I competed on Sunday, got to Italy on Wednesday, did a tiny little workout in the gym that was near the hotel facility, it was a really nice gym. Mm-hmm. Then I trained again Friday morning a little bit, nothing heavy, yeah. go through the motions, 
and then I'm repeating again on the Saturday. Yeah. And I no, I felt fine. I felt absolutely fine. I didn't feel like I'd annihilated myself. Um, I didn't feel like I'd annihilated myself at the competition for the week before. I feel um, like your peak is if you're peaking, if your peak of your whole training block is one day. Exactly. You've got to do that. You should be able to carry a peak before. It's kind of like a, a couple of weeks, probably. Yeah. Like an analogy that makes sense is what, what Tony put, what, what he said was that yeah. if you can't do it the week after, two weeks after you're doing something wrong, like if you take any football player, like if you told them don't play football for a week and then come back, yeah, it yeah. won't be a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was playing basketball back then, we used to play twice a day. Yeah. We'd have two games a week. So yeah. we'd be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning practice. Game in the evening, Thursday, Friday, two days, and then yeah. Saturday again again. You played for England, right? Yeah, so I played for like the under 21s, and I, and I played for Coventry and then Birmingham, and I went to Boise for a little bit, and then came back here. At what point were you like, right, basketball's done, I want to pursue strength switch? Was there um, a same switch? So when I was like 22, that was the kind of, 21, 22, that was the real push to try and be elite. Yeah. Go towards the England team, and I was playing here for Cobb at the time from the age of like 16 and competing. I was in English Division One, so I was very young competing against men because I was in England 364 is like pretty big, fairly, fairly big. Because I was so athletic, mm. the height difference of any guys in my position was like negated, yeah. and I was competing against like a lot of England players and stuff and elite athletes. At that time, I was seeing the difference of between what being someone that's super elite mm. and someone who's just decent. And at that time I just said to myself, if by 25 that I don't have this as a career, yeah. making money. And even at that point, it was about realizing that you're not quite good enough to go into like NBA or G League or anything like that, but not wanting to travel around Europe and be like a journeyman going to different countries and yeah, making yeah, a little bit of money. But you also, need, lot. you also need like that one phone call or like connections to kind of get like an opportunity yeah. to get yeah. and I, I did have that to a degree because I um, coach Gary Matlock from the US he had like connections in Europe but I don't speak Spanish I've like, got like Portuguese heritage and stuff like yeah, Spanish speaking heritage yeah poquito <laughs> <laughs> Spanish but not like like the best yeah. I could have developed that absolutely I believe I could be yeah. and I can speak it enough and understand it enough now but you know, if you go to France and you're not a fluent speaker, I've had friends that are there, you go to Spain, you go to Germany, you're not a fluent speaker, you kind of get siloed and isolated yeah, and it just becomes yeah. not enjoyable. Yeah. And if you're not making a significant amount of money, it yeah. just isn't worth it. It's and got to be yeah. relevant just, just to make it even harder. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like so like 25, I just decided that I'm not going to do that sport anymore. Even though I love it and I still follow it to this day, Yeah. I just wasn't enjoying it in England because the setup here is quite poor. I was going to say, how, how hard is it to crack into the sport by someone that's when Just I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, I played basketball every freaking day. Played for school team, played for um, it was, it was like fives or something like that. It was a little Saturday team. Played, got through the school, got into the nationals, then got destroyed by people who were that's probably to your benefit here because one of my problems is that and it's not to like float my own boat or whatever but I was like super athletic yeah. I could jump very high and yeah. your friends and coaches that are not very knowledgeable in the sport or they use the sport and they're English based don't have the American foundational background yeah. they push that side of it too much as soon as I started to talk to any of them, my American like teammates, 
for like coaches, they were like, if you grew up in the United States with that level of athleticism, you're, you wouldn't have even touch that part of the game. You'd have been developing skills. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you become like an outside threat as a shooter yeah. and you're that athletic, you're essentially becoming so much harder to stop. Right. But if my skills weren't the same level as other players I played against, and when you start to notice that if I know that you can get to the basket easily, yeah. but your shooting's not as strong, yeah. then I'm just taking two or three steps away from you. Yeah. You shoot, you've got nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think that's growing up in England, like the fundamental side of basketball is quite poor because it's just not as popular here. I reckon if you were like born at around my age, if you were like a 98, 99, you probably would have had a lot better shot now than back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Because back then it was like big man. You had to be like six yeah, nine, almost seven foot, pivot foot like wow. fucking Carl. Uh, I don't know. Like yeah, so I was playing almost like a powerful. I was at yeah. a three position, which is a shooting guard, yeah. which is essentially someone that's typically like six 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 seven, and you are strong, but you're athletic, but you're dominating someone in the paint. They put yeah. a point guard on you, you're going to dominate because you're too big. Mm-hmm. They put a big man on you, you're too quick for those. So I was in that kind of breath, but in the US, 6'4 is kind of like point guard height, yeah. not guard height. It's like 60, 60 to 70% of playoff points are done from the three-point line yeah. yeah. And now you're seeing like the best player, well, the best player after LeBron, I'd say, is Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's I don't think the best any, shooters of all time. Yeah, yeah. and, and he's 66, what, 6'2", 6'1". Like, not even like crazy athletic, just really good hands. And that's what I was saying about the athletic side of you being a bit shorter, learning the fundamentals of the sport. Because one of the biggest flaws I noticed in myself was I played basketball right-handed, I was left-handed. But growing up here, it was kind of just like, you play right-handed and that's what you're pushed to do. As soon as I started to learn to be left-handed, even though I was left-handed, to get comfortable with the basketball, all of a sudden people can't guard you at all. Because you're switching position and they're not used to, they're used to tracking you to make you go left because they think you're right-handed. When you're left-handed as well, as I started to learn more, and as I was playing for Carl Connors, coach there, Scott um, Scott Neely, mm-hmm. he started to notice that I'd been developing my skills in the summer and stuff like that. Playing with the guys I went to college in the US that were more elite. Yeah. A kid called Nick Pope that I grew up with was a phenomenal basketball player. Handles were amazing. Mm-hmm. And as I started to learn more skills with my left and more skills, he started to notice that and give me the ball more often and started to say that because I was quick and athletic, yeah. I just become unguardable. But those are the fundamental things you learn in the US when you're like five or six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you're a teenager here that you start yeah. to get pushed those skills. And it's the same as anything else. I just think the level of the level of sports development in kids in the UK is so far behind. Absolutely. Yeah. The you talent pool is there as yeah. well. Like we have we have yeah, guys yeah. that can do so well. Yeah. It's just coaches are garbage for the yeah. most part. Yeah. But it comes down to money. Yeah. Yeah. Funding. So yeah. Funding straps. And the kind of expectation that people yeah. You know what you were saying before about the IQ of an athlete? Mm-hmm. If you look in it at the American market and the model, you'll get elite college players that are not just sporting elite, they're academically elite. Yeah. Because one thing I would always say to people is, being elite in any kind of sport, powerlifting being one of them, like Seppi is like doing biochemistry, you know, it's not something yeah. that's just, it just it doesn't just come to you. Yeah. In those kind of like educational levels and athletic levels, he'll have to do things that he doesn't want to do. Yeah, true. But he does them anyway. Transferable skills. Yeah. Oh, that's that's why you find right. most like high athletic people that aren't like elite elite athletes, just your everyday big athletic people, are also very intelligent. Yeah. Because it's just it's I guess people just get it. Um, they they have an understanding yeah. that their body should be working, yeah. and they also enjoy the hard work and graft. 
It's kind of like, it goes against a complete stereotype of like, you know, being academically there, you, know, you can't be athletic, you have, to, yeah. you have to be like obese or you have to like have that like yeah. severe asthma, like you can't know, yeah. yeah. I can show you examples of so many athletes that are like insanely intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, quarterback that plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Richard Sherman. Sherman, sorry, yeah. yeah, Sherman. You went like to one GPA? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 6 GPA. And the thing is, he didn't even come from wealth. He literally grew up in Compton. Yeah. He was like, his mom wasn't really a good mom. His dad wasn't really a good dad. Yeah. He was. He, he had no like silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah, he see no, shootings like, every day and stuff like that. And then they were like, oh, this dude's really smart. And then they picked him up at Stanford and they're like, oh, he's also amazing at football. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see that it's weird. You see like examples of media in America kind of trying to shit on him a little bit because he's got dreadlocks, he's a black guy, he's very he's loud, spoken, yeah. he's loud and he's like the, the, you know, they use the word thug because they can't say something that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. he made the example on TV because they were talking about him getting into fights during games because like passions are like high and people get, like, not rugby matches, yeah. people kick off all the time so they know there's no, there's no real malice there. After the game it's like handshakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all for me. Yeah. Yeah. He used the example of like, hockey. Yeah. Hockey don't have a fight for 15 minutes. Yeah, they're loud. That's the end of it, no conversation. Imagine if they did that power. He's making the people are yeah. looking at him as this kind of expectation of what he should be like. Yeah. When they don't know he's actually an elite academic yeah. and an elite athlete. Yeah. He just looks a certain yeah. way. But he's like, this is not, this is just sport where people fall out. Yeah. There's no difference between that and a hockey match. But he was an elite, like, elite education. Okay. But uh, again, the notion that you'll have to work hard you have to do things that you don't want to do or you want to put back and you can't be consistent. Those same principles apply to education that they do with sport. On a really, really dumb down level, like I'm nowhere near really athlete or whatever, but I went to university, I went to a sports university with a freaking film degree. And the yeah. amount of people that would look at me and be like, you don't fit the what? Yeah. So I'd be come out of the gym or whatever, I'd rock up to my film lectures as like protein shakes or something. Yeah. And they'd be like, what are you doing here, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, you get the stereotype. Like, oh, what do you do? What, what course do you do? They're like, better it's a sports one, isn't it? I'm like, no, I don't actually play any sports. Yeah, well, I used to get, you know, dormant or security. Yeah, yeah. But I do like a lot of coding and a lot of like yeah. analytical work and like data science kind of yeah. stuff. And You've got a gaming nerd. And I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a gaming nerd and kind of a comic book fan. I have comic book tattoos. And yeah. yeah, you just kind of, you know, it just, again, it, same with all the things we've been talking about. It's, it's your personal. Yeah. And your personal ideals and not worrying about what other people's expectations are of you. And yeah, absolutely. Seppi, did you always want to pull 300? I remember watching in here over on that desk and Alex shouting me over. He's like, oh, Seppi's about to go 302. I was like, oh, shit. And there was like three or four of us behind the desk watching the bullet. We were like, that's fucking crazy. Uh, I, I think I remember, I, I'm not sure if I remember that day. Uh, what comp would it have been, like, year and a half? It wasn't a comp, it was probably just training. No, nah, I'm sure it was a comp. Nah, nah, it was probably definitely just training, I reckon. Because I think I, I remember which day you're talking about. Yeah, we watched it, we watched the live stream. Oh, was, no. Not like, oh, oh second, no, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. That was yeah, British, yeah, that was British. That was my last comp two years ago. Yeah, that was the one that was in the middle of nowhere, like, Ash. Ash, yeah, Ashton. That was the, that was dramatic as well, because it was the, I hit my opener. Yeah. Then I went for my second at 300. And you missed that? I missed it. People thought I missed it because of grip. No, I got hurt. Oh, yeah. That's when my knee problem started. Oh, I, I hurt it there. 
and then the, my handler on the day, Lewis, um, he was like, look, like, you could go for the record, and maybe the guy who went for it afterwards, it hit it afterwards, misses it, and you just still have the record, it's up to you, like, it's your call, yeah. you're a big boy, you can, if you feel like you can go for it, I was like, yeah, just load it, like, it won't hurt if I try, like, I'll just let go, yeah. and then uh, miraculously, it just came up, but I remember from that point on, it was like three to four months of rehab for that. It was tendonitis. It yeah. was it was tendonitis. Which is just one yeah. yeah. And I think just because of like the cold weather mixing with like intense training and then competing and yeah. all the stress. And wasn't that comp like super long? Yeah. 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 Like, ten thirty PM or nine it's like the clock right behind me as well. It's either nine thirty PM or not ten thirty PM. And you know, that's one of the critiques like British powerlifting federations get is like Okay, fair enough, like you want everyone to be included, but it kind of does hurt the top three, top five guys that they have to do their heaviest yeah. lifts at like 10 p.m. Yeah. But you expect yeah. us to perform for the sport, but you yeah. also don't make it to like an environment where it's like optimal to do so. Mm. They need to have the balance of... Because it's not like other sports where you can play a football match at 10 p.m. Mm. It's like this is like physically, yeah. like you have to literally be prime condition. Yeah, it's like a max size. Like, like your body's trying to shut down at that time too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jordan rest mode. Jordan played the flu game, the infamous flu game. Oh, yeah. She came out of that and all of that. And yeah, I understand that, but like, that's different. not, that's different. That's like, yeah. Well, he's, he's an elite athlete that's going to go home that's been like, had trainers around all day. Yeah. The best medicine and all that kind of stuff. So like, those other things are there catered for, but like, it's not the same as like, you know, fucking going all the way to Newcastle and waking up at like 8 a.m., getting weighed in and then staying for like eight hours or whatever. So it's just, it's I it's one of my pet peeves about the sport. And also it could easily be fixed by just making memberships higher and just, I don't know, maybe getting social media, getting involved more and just making it more marketable. But It's different for me because I was sitting in a super heavyweight category, so there's just less people. Yeah, his flights are like five people, one flight, ten people, and it's like, oh, you get to know each other and stuff. For 83s and 74s, it's like, oh, I gotta wait for flight A, B, C, well, oh, so now. many people that just walk around at 83 years. How did you get to Thailand? Um, so I played football, I played academy football until I was like 17, 18. I pretty much stopped at 18 because it was like school was getting serious and to be honest I, I was pretty realistic I was like I could I could get and I did get scholarship offers to play in the US yeah. but my parents were like just go to uni get a good degree and like build something from that because you're not going to get a good degree being a student athlete to be fair they were right because everyone I know who did go there they're like communication was like what is that? <laughs> yeah. so, I, so I was like, I'm going to STEM and then specialize on a master's or like a postgrad course. So that kind of straight away. But I started the gym because I turned 16 or 17 at the time and I got my first membership. Um, one of my boys who was like two years older than me or three years, he was at uni, he started powerlifting. He was like, oh, you should try this. Like, it's a sport where you just do three lifts. And then I was like, I kind of put it on the side. I went to the gym just to like lift weights and get stronger before playing football. And then I was like, you know what, like, let's just try it out. And then I think I did Wendler 531 as my first program. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's easy, though. yeah, it's yeah, easy, it's easy. It's but you know, you're 17, 18, you are around other 17 and eight year olds. You 
think you're invincible, so you max out like every week. Oh, dude, I've got like 25 kilos on every lift. We, s- we so still do that. He sent my brother 531 like 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> using that. To me, they're not yeah. a level one old tailor. They need a coach. Do this because it just works and it's like simple. It gives you an understanding of your body. Try and test. Yeah. First comp was at 18 here though, because they didn't have a federation in Lorraine. So, what went in what? Year of uni, yeah. so, was it uni caps? No, no, it was uh, uh, Greater London. It was a local meet. And funny enough, as well, in the crowd was Kevin Oak, who yeah, was, was coaching the time. Was coaching, <laughs> coaching West at the time. But he's also this like really uh, big, untested lift. Yeah, elite. Like very, very. Secondly, like nine hundred pound squatter or eight. Yeah, the like, bout looks like eight hundred pound squatter. Like high bar in flat shoes. Death for days. Because <laughs> we always have this like. Kind of like high horse in IPF mentality because we compete in the IPF about like squat depth. The way oh, they, whenever yeah. we see an athlete like Kevin Oak, squat in depth in untested years, yeah. like it's major respect for him. Yeah. And he wants to be a picture of himself with him. Yeah, that, I took a picture after the comp, and it was funny because he had his hoodie up and he didn't want to be seen because you're in a room full of powerlifters, you're going to recognize Kevin yeah. Oak. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, bro, can I take a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And then everyone started falling into Oh, him. no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, after that, and then I just kind of said, like, you know what, like, I'm in uni now, and I have plenty of time to, like, actually, like, chase this as a sport, so why not? People are like, I don't have time to live. You do. Yeah, as a uni student. That's the best thing about being a uni student. Like, all the time that you have that you can dedicate to Yeah, really you were the sort of while not playing video games. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It. like, it's good because you have, you're, you're still doing a degree, you're still doing something that's worthwhile, but you have, like, what, 10 Potential. hours of contact yeah. a week? Oh, yeah, right. assignments. With COVID, it's even worse. So, like, yeah. with COVID, because I did my last year during, like, no, I ended my last year when the pandemic started. Yeah. So, I had it in my dissertation, like, two weeks after the yeah. lockdown started, March 23rd. Mm-hmm. And I started my master's in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's like, I understand I'm paying <coughs> whatever money to get, like, top tier Russell Group education now at like, yeah. UOB, but at the same time, like, this is so bad. Like, yeah. this is not sustainable. Like, Zoom, I can't yeah. live like this for the rest of my life. Bro, I'm turning up to Zoom calls 20 minutes after I've woken up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll go train now and I'll come <laughs> back and I'll do my assignments like, I don't know, like 1 a.m. to like 2 a.m. and then go to sleep again. It's like, no, this is no way to live. We're going to have a generation of people that aren't conditioned for normal life. Like, it, 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 you, got, you got eight till six o'clock day. Yeah. That's why, that's why I started boxing because oh, yeah. it kind of forced me to get up at like 7 30 a.m to do something yeah. and honestly like there's a f- you know when you do a workout and you feel that serotonin mm-hmm. weirdly enough just like doing the footwork with the my coach and like you know doing the pad work and the two minute drills on the bag and and even like just foot drills and foot movement mm-hmm. like it gave that same sensation where it's like oh i've Shit at this, like this is actually pretty. Yeah, cool. it must be fun to do something because you're at elite level powerlifting. It must be fun to do something. Like yeah, I'm a beginner again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like playing a video. It's like playing a video game, like what I said earlier. Yeah, like but set, it's the same mentality. Yeah, you think, I'm here now. Look what I can do. Yeah, you set objectives, and you're like, oh, I'll do this this week. I'm not saying like I want to fight at all professionally or ever in my life. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll definitely spar with someone. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure the other week you were like, oh, I don't know if I want to spar. No, I'll spar for sure, body yeah. spar, and I'll definitely make it so that's like you know to learn and okay. the advice usually people bo- uh, boxers usually give is spar with someone who's very good 
because they know how hard to go and they don't like wreck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get don't go in the middle of the beginner because you get into like a fight. Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, so I used to do it as well. And if, what you find is if you're going to someone that's more like you, yeah. you'll end up both being overly aggressive. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Get if, it's like a, comes into it. if it's an advanced dude who's like sees my jab in like X slow motion. And then it's like, oh, he learns, he picks, he picks my weaknesses and tells yeah. me what And it. also will body you if you make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. way better than you doesn't have to have their ego struck. Because in their head, they're like, I know I could destroy you, so why don't we just make this a learning tool? This is like me and you sparred. If you like, kids go to DJJ, they're yeah. doing the same thing. But it's yeah. like, you go get someone that's like you and you go trying to do something to each other, like, yeah. get arrogant or use ego. Mm-hmm. We're going to hurt each other. This is where that, like, annoys <sighs> you so much. Where, like, People start the gym, they maybe start just lifting weights, just a bodybuilder and stuff like that. And you might be doing it for three months and then you take someone under your wing and start doing it with them. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, if it's a real, real recreational level, you're not going to hurt anyone or whatever. But like, when it's not, or when you're treating it like it's not something, you just like, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live in a time where the information is so freely available. Yeah, yeah. Which is good, right? But like, I once got taken to the gym by my brother who'd been training for at least a year beforehand. And then had like friends like yourself, and we had another guy that used to come with us that used to show me and someone to do who was like a pretty high level rugby player. Um, and so, like, fortunately for me, I was exposed to like probably a good standard of lifting way before I ever knew what I was doing. And so, it's fine, I've got the right exposure, like, not to go too hard, not to do this, not to do that. I used to watch it all the time at university. People would go like in a big group of all beginners, and that's fine. And you figure it out, but you want one person that knows what they're doing because that will tame that need to yeah, oh, yeah. that that fire of being like, oh my god, I just put fifteen kilos on my top max lift, I'm gonna do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many fucking Instagram coaches around at the moment because it's so easy to set it up oh, to, yeah. to claim you so yeah. like, me and Wes talk about this all the time now the time in, when it comes yeah. to coaching yeah. in regard to that. Yeah. And I'm not, we're not, I'm not trying to stroke our egos, but we could ideally charge way more. Yeah, so we're we're yeah. Yeah. I'm not like a fucking specialist, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've read a bunch of stuff and I have, and I have clients, well, not even clients, like the two guys I coach, one of the two of the guys I coach right now, the first two guys I got as coach, uh, clients, I don't even ask them for money. They're just like, essentially, I just wanted to get better with them. Yeah. One of them was like, 200 kilos or 150 kilos in like a year and a half onto her total and they weren't like they weren't a shit lifter they were a very good gym bro we just like cleaned up everything but personally for me if i was going to go into powerlifting or even like just strength and conditioning coaching i could market myself way better oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have i don't have the incentive to do so i don't even really promote the eye coach yeah. no. I don't nobody really promote it because <laughs> i don't share it and i have a bunch of lifters but i don't really share like some of them don't want to be shared on social media for instance. Yeah, I think it's a and some of them do. But like again what just happened was saying in the sense that and I see it on social media all the time now. Um, having certifications or accreditation doesn't make you a coach. But at the same time you could argue that people that try to strive to get to that point are at least yeah. wanting to willing to probably reading in the background the yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have any of those things and that's fine. But there's people that are not doing either of those things. Yeah. They have no certifications or accreditation. Oh, yeah. Or they don't try and learn from any people. They just try like to go to the gym. Yeah, they don't even they don't even read up. They just learn the sport a little bit. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I can tell. Basically, they're passing on what someone's told them. Yeah. So what you'll see in powerlifting a lot is 
people will regurgitate what other people told them, which is all knowledge in, in, in essence, but you'll see someone else's programme being taken and copy and pasted, which is fine, because yeah. if you're just coming into it and you're learning yourself, you adapt and you learn and that's where your basis is from. Yeah. But most of it is like reputational, whereas like Giuseppe was saying, like, we don't really push the marketing side, yeah. you see people getting charged a fortune now. Oh yeah. But I don't go on like on my coaching and say, I'm British champion. Because I'm still technically the British champion because it hasn't oh, yeah. been a competition. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Will I be ever <laughs> Who knows? I've come third at the British. I've come first at the British. So it's not like yeah. I've never done it before. Yeah. And I've been top three, the two, top three the two times I've done it. Yeah. I've won the Commonwealth. I've won the English title twice. Yeah. Four nations. All this stuff. And I'm not, again, trying to blow smoke in my ass. Yeah. But like, I don't go to people and throw that at them. I don't go on my Instagram and say, look at my lifts. Because my lifts are irrelevant to your lifts. Oh, yeah. How my strength has been gathered my age is nothing to do with the lift that I'm picking up. Yeah. Will I pass on things to them that I've done myself? Yes. But the problem that you get now with a lot of younger lifters that I see, the coaching side of it, because it's so cyclical, they'll look at you as a coach and say, but you don't do that. Yeah. Why do I have to do it? <laughs> but it's like, they don't get the idea yeah. that you're all completely different from them, yeah. their foundations are different. Different training age. But yeah. People are trying a fortune with very limited knowledge, but they're not trying to attain more knowledge. Mm. They're passing on what their coach has done to them. Yeah. Someone well, else. We're getting exactly. drilled into us now, like as a society, it's all about building the brand. So people are yeah. trying to build their brand, and it's like a lack of like, no, you should build skills, knowledge, and all this background right. stuff. People are like, we need a sexy logo, <laughs> hashtags, and that. And it kind of works. But it works. Yeah. I can't believe how people are doing it. Doing it. Because it works. Yeah. And I completely agree. You get exactly that. Like, want to almost be you if you're coaching but I get it so many times it's like I see other people in my field and are like pretty current because it's literally what I do I have a social media presence or all and you end up instead of coaching people you're just making little mini me's of yourself yeah. Yeah. they don't know how to coach they kind of just go well this is what I did it works for me so you yeah. can do that too so it's again they're not looking at that person as a completely different individual like there is a few of maybe my clients that have like similar programs because they've got similar issues and they can all be fixed by doing similar things. Yeah, I think fundamentally we'll have like a wave of... Yeah, there's, there's always like... There's always going to be common ground. Yeah. But there's such individual nuances between like, okay, well this person's problem stems from this reason why, so they don't need to do that and do this instead. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone should really be training exactly the same as anyone else unless they are. It just happens to be like, we yeah, train. Sir, we get the same results from doing the same. Yeah. We train pretty much exactly the same. We do, yeah, but there's differences. So you, on that, we trained deadlifts the other day, and you were like, I can, I know I can do this one eight, so three by five or whatever. Five by five. Five by five. Four by five. Four by five. <laughs> Six by five. <laughs> <laughs> it was four. And it was like, okay, yeah, I can probably push myself to do that, but I'm not, not going to be able. To, that's not my strong suit. Like, yeah, I know I have sure. to work on that, but like. The conditioning workout the other day, I was like, I can suffer. I will just suffer through this pain because I have that absolute. Kid beat me on one condition. Oh, one one. One. It's the first one. <laughs> um, but like, I also look at my development from starting a pretty, pretty newish sport for myself, mm -hmm. bits and bobs, and I'm like, I've made a shitload of progress there. Like, if I want to continue that, then I need to really start picking out where. Put my energy in what's given me I that. I think we've got to the point where it's a good understanding where the two of us bounce off each other, where there's definite yeah. stuff where it's great for us to compete because it's just the general stuff, but then outside of it, we're working on our own stuff as well. Massively, like I train with you a lot of times, similar reasons why I would imagine you might 
we talked about it ages ago on a literally in between sets. Like you, try and, you try and train people who are stronger than you or more knowledgeable than you. Yeah. Charlie yeah. is way better at CrossFit than I am. He's way better. But there is. But now there is like, it's the gap. You're always trying to find a gap. Anything academic yeah. told me was find a gap. Find a gap in your knowledge. Yeah. That's it. I used to, I used to get like a lot of, uh, like other than a few books and a few like online resources, yeah. YouTube in general, like my coach Justin was like one of the guys that like kind of oh I picked up on certain things that he did and I'm like oh shit this shit works <laughs> and I'm like oh and then certain training modalities I'll pick up from him that's just humility but then like if you, if you kind of admit that as yeah. a coach yeah, yeah. or as a new coach then yeah. you are never gonna get better I then promise I you up, uh, stuff from you guys where it's like because I can see the massive gap in strength between say someone like myself and you guys as powerlifters. I'm like, maybe I should just fill that gap a bit and then it'll transfer to my sport. Mm-hmm. So I take stuff from other strength sports. Train, I trained powerlifting pretty much throughout lockdown. That was yeah. pretty much what I did and then just kept the conditioning at bay. And then you come back to CrossFit and it's like, sweet, suddenly this dumbbell feels so much lighter. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many things you can take from this. Yeah. So I'll cut you off what you saying. No, yeah. Um, when you said not everyone's the same for programs yeah. and stuff like that, I think one interesting like take flip that on its head is yeah. during COVID with two guys I was coaching I pretty much gave them the exact same program I didn't tell them because I didn't want them to panic but I was like yeah. you haven't been in, jump in the gym for four months you are so detrained you're so weak compared yeah. to before I we're just going to run the most basic linear progression yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're going to adjust week to week even day to day if you're like oh coach this is too high percentage of the minute yeah. then okay whatever just drop it five percent keep doing the workout yeah. just get the volume in and get the stimulus in work perfectly yeah. do I have that template saved as like a COVID thing yes I do yeah, um, yeah I did exactly the same thing for, for people that were coming to me that this was when we were out of lockdown initially the yeah. first one yeah, yeah. I basically built a program that was RPE based but give people another breakdown like a full page sheet with text of how this works yeah. how it should work how to leave something in the tank come back in the gym Build a base, yeah. don't annihilate yourself, don't push yourself too hard, just get the fundamentals in there. Yeah. And a bunch of people came to me and, and, and took that from me and said, they learned some stuff. Some people were powerlifters, some people weren't powerlifters at all. And they built a fundamental base up and they emailed me saying, oh, I've learned so much from this. And then they say, what should I do next? Yeah, see, that's the thing. They've all got, it's that common circumstance. So I've, I do have people on the same program, the similar program, but because they've got that same circumstance that they've both got. Terrible of body strength. Um, but it's quite a, quite a rarity, and I think more people should be um, looking at circumstances that people probably take that into account for their programming because it saves a lot of time, right? Like if you just grouped all of your weaker body strength people together and stuff, and you could tweak programs like that percentage wise or something, but um, yeah. Certain principles as well are like applicable to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, like in a powerlifting, no one really like squats every day. Yeah, no one because like a, if you're natural, that's not gonna be a nice yeah, thing. No way. <laughs> and B, like it just takes away from deadlifting and benching. Like it takes away from those. I feel like the balance between squatting and deadlifting is so delicate. Like, yeah. it's, it's probably right. the bench that's the the difficult one to position in the powerlifting workout. Oh yeah, yeah. because your squat and your deadlift, your squat more so will impact. How effective you are on your bench yeah, your elbows like you're yeah, you'll be surprised if you low bar squat and you're doing like 
really big workout and then you have like five back offs, you're gonna be like, I can't even hold the bar comfortably yeah. at the top. So wait, let's go into that. So low bar squat, low bar squatting just makes benching it's more taxing on your elbows and your shoulders. So, the so I don't low bar squat ever. So um, but the three points of injury and powerlifting, through say a thousand hours of training, you will receive like four point four injuries in that time. Okay. On average, your your shoulders, your knees, and your lower back are basically the predominant injury areas for the majority yeah. of people. And which 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 lift uses all three? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the squat. So yeah. your squat is something that's going to tax your knees, your shoulders, your elbows, but your back especially. Mm. So what about high bar squatting? Does that still affect your elbows? Not, not as much. No, no, not as much. No, no, not but much. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, we're talking from like extremes. Like yeah. yeah. I will fatigue you. Yeah. Okay. Like benching after fatigue is, smaller muscle groups of fatigue, that's mm. when you get imperfections in your, your movement and you get hurt. Yeah. I didn't realise this until like last month when I was like, I would hit, I'd hit very big single on squat yeah. and I was benching and I was like, I this is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it was so I literally like got up to like eighty percent and I was like shaking the top and then my training partner was like, This is literally eighty percent. Why are you you're supposed to go for like at night today? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is but I still did it, but it's just a new thing that I need to take and into account. It feel much tougher because of those small muscle groups. You see, you should probably low bar squat. People keep telling me because you're all like when you squat have you seen the videos or anything? Yeah. I've never been to videos before. Like I try not to do that and like look at someone's videos as a, as a coach and go, this is what you're doing. Oh, my, <laughs> my squat, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, you literally just shift into your most natural, naturally strong. Yeah. Like I'm all deadlift, so when I squat, my body wants to engage my posterior chain, so I get that little bubbling. Yeah, so like at, at your height. At my height, yeah, don't get me wrong. When I'm warming up and doing early work, it's fine. Do you squat in heels? Yes. Do you good morning squat? Sort of. He like crawls over a little bit. A little. Top. It's not extreme, it's but it happens. Yeah. It definitely happens. Yeah, so your quads, your quads aren't taking over at yeah. all, therefore you've got quad weakness in comparison to your erector strength. Yes. Yeah. And then you've got like adductor strength issues or glute strength issues. Mm. Just imbalances. Yeah. A lot of it can be positioned on just the way you're squatting. I don't think switching to high bar has to be, I mean low bar no. has yeah. to be the uh, case because I know you guys do CrossFit like probably be better to stick with high bar because yeah. that's closer to front squatting and yeah. front squatting is closer to cleaning exactly. so you'd rather keep yeah. it yeah. 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 so but yeah um, i can like feel it coming on though like, if you have foot weight i would say that it's like your adductor and glute strength is a little bit off so what sort of stuff do, like do you think just slamming pause squats and stuff and just drill adductor work is probably going to be beneficial to you oh, interesting not even that like You've been training here for a while, so you probably haven't been like exposed to like a leg press or like yeah. quad dominant yeah. accessories. Yeah, this is true. So if you, you know, did a pendulum, yeah, that's very if good. If you did that shit for like two months, yeah. at a like high foot position pendulum, that's all glutes mm. and hamstrings. Because I can feel it when I get to the either heavy end or just fatigued and high set. I'm like, oh, I know it's coming. I know if I'm going to squat this weight, I'm going to have to bring my hamstrings into it and then just lower back it. So your hips go up first and your chest is kind of yeah. forward. Yeah. Which is annoying, but I mean, yeah, it's tricky. But pendulum squat is going to be like phenomenal. Yeah. Because it can be very real foot position that. is like, it's quite a rare machine where yeah. yeah. Future Fitness always had one. So when I used to train there in the mornings, I used to always use it. 
and just a very your foot position from like a front position, yeah. which is like overall leg, glute, hamstrings, quad, yeah. to lowering your foot position where, where it becomes absolutely quad dominant. Like it's that's the well. completely. Is. Yeah, it is. Chris said he did it with no weights. He was like, yeah. Yeah. did one and was like, oh, yeah, hundred percent. People were like, you'll have to. It will take you a long time to build a heavy strength base on that. People like uh, the I think it's a machine and it's like, oh, it's isolated and then it'll just play low. Yeah, it has, like, yeah. It has yeah. a low mechanical advantage. Which I guess it's great stuff that you can't go super heavy on. It's great for just saving your joints if it's good and you're getting a good amount of work done. But it's also good because you can go really heavy on it, but because it's so focused on your position, mm. it will, it obviously machines, it is a machine, so it's forcing your position a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Whereas like free weights, you can have more stumbling blocks with technique. It's a machine that has a low mechanical advantage, so you can put weight on it, but it will have to be weight that you progress to. You can't just go and strength through it, because mm. it will wreck you. But it's a very beneficial machine. It's just really rare for some reason. Yeah. Any advice for young powerlifters? Like, let's say me and Jake are like 13-year-old impressionable powerlifters. <laughs> uh, what would you say is a good way to get into the sport, a good way to progress, smart ways to train, stuff like that? Like, if you could speak to your younger self, Look at communities that do it. Yeah. Look at people that aren't asking you for money. <laughs> They're just kind of, you know. Yeah. YouTube is a source of great information. Johnny can. Oh man, I got through my whole degree on YouTube. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> everyone works. Everyone in my job that does anything. Like people that use all these coding languages that know absolutely how to use them. Yeah. But they could at the same time they'll go onto Google and search for something that's incredibly long that someone else has already done. Yeah. Trick yeah. GitHub and. Uh... YouTube. That's yeah. where I got my like R Studio Python. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> YouTube Python Python SQL like Java knowledge on YouTube is through the roof. Yep. If you want to go learn that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, like if you're coming fresh to powerlifting, look for a community of it. Other people that want to do it. Other gyms that do it and want to do it. Anyone that's like coached people before, but not to get you know money out of you. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea of what you should be doing. Simple apps and programs that give you a, a foundational basis. You can literally go and Google everything. Mm. Give me a program. Yeah. Leave something in the tank. You don't need to annihilate yourself. Mm-hmm. Take your ego out of your lifting, which is something that everyone's done it. I've done it before. You I just start lifting weights that you don't need to lift, mm-hmm. and you do movements that you don't need to do, and you have a bad form. If you can go and get those one percent in first, mm-hmm. to get to that hundred percent, yeah. Just look at the basics and just be super, super simple. Yeah, so and look at your linear progression and essentially like add a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight. So many people look to like finish the race before it's even started. Yeah, no, yeah. I've got a lad and he was coming to my like we were in fitness for less at the time, right? And I have never like really tried to be a powerlifter. I did five three one and stuff like that. And at one point I was like, Yeah, maybe I want to get into this, it's pretty cool. But like he was so impressionable and so like on the whole steroid topic bodybuilding and this, that and the other. And then he was, I could just see he was lost. So I was like, right, just here's five three one. This is what I do. It's yeah. super simple. This is all you have to do. Work hard on that every day. You'll get strong. That's obviously what you want. Just do this. It's fine. And like for years now, he's, just, he's the type of dude that will message you at half nine at night and say, bro, is it worth benching without the bar? Like just having the plates in your hands? <laughs> and I'm like, why? Because like, well, I saw this thing on YouTube. I'm like, you took it too far, man. Took it too far. But like he's now got to the point where it's kind of like 
he still struggles with that. Like, oh, I want to be strong now. I'm like, you're 18. Yeah. What's the guy? What's the guy called again? The Tower Row guy, Matt Chan. No, uh, not Matt Chan. The Tower. <laughs> it's from Mock Matt Chan. No. Chan's a powerful. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a guy called something Chan on YouTube. He's a famous YouTuber. Is it you know the guy that first started? Yeah, first started fitness YouTube, and he like pop, uh, popularized towel rows. Like you pull the towel yeah. really fucking oh, hard. Squeeze it really yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. just yeah. And people yeah. fell for this shit. I've oh, never man. been in the gym at the time, and I was like, that seems like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember this was like, that, that's, yeah. that's not resistance. So how would you even build strength on that? But no, like similar to him, like your ego at the door and uh, prop, like if I was really realistic I'd be like don't get into powerlifting get into a sport that actually pays you yeah to be fair like I'm legit although like, if you don't know there is an opportunity for powerlifting to grow yeah. Yeah. this is true I feel like COVID just shut down things like there was the SPD competition in March yeah. it was going to be prize quarter of a million pounds prize money yeah. that's oh. for the elite of the elite if you're very young now that's something that you can have yeah. in future yeah. Yeah. I would say yeah, keep your ego at the door and probably try to always enjoy it because yes. you don't want the one thing that you enjoy doing to become the thing that you don't enjoy. Oh, I yeah. see a few people yeah. that I'm like, oh, it doesn't look like you enjoy it. A lot of younger powerlifters are trying to cut weight before their first comp. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to yeah. like, do it weight, peak right? incorrectly and it's yeah. just like they're buying all this equipment they don't need and they're spending a fortune on like I get it because I used to be a sneaker fiend playing basketball and it was always very Yeah, yeah, the SPD, like the new, like so basically SPD apparel released, like to be fair, they redid their singlets, but before that, all they did was like new color, new color, yeah, 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 new yeah. color. And people have always bought all of it. And so that's fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But those are not what makes you lift better. Right? Like it's nice to have, so mm-hmm. don't spend a fortune on equipment. Yeah, that's okay. Like, like I bought an, uh, an SPD ballot at one point. It was like 160 pounds, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was something that I would fall back on a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just you know, don't don't cut weight. Don't don't worry about the competition. Don't worry about placing. Don't even think about placing. Do not compare yourself with someone who has 15 years of training. Oh, yeah. Age. Yeah. You guys just like voice like this to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, LZ, LZ, like I think that's just naturally because he's competitive. Yeah, so yeah I get that, but like the top guy in my weight class in the world, he's an American dude from Texas, pretty much lives in the gym. All he does is wake up at 10 a.m., have a nice breakfast, go train at 12, manages his own gym he owns, yeah. and works around his brand and his apparel. Yeah. Like, fair enough to him, like he made a really good living out of it and he's enjoying it. And he is from like a prominent background, so maybe parents helped a little bit, yeah. but he still made a sustainable yeah, like he's he's made it like into a thing, but I can't compare myself to someone who's been training since he was twelve. Like, yeah, yeah. No. I stepped to the gym at seventeen. Like I know people who are starting powerlifting at fifteen now, and they're they're like showing numbers that I was doing at twenty. Yeah, when yeah. they're eighteen. Oh, that's same with me. Like there's, there's guys at twenty one, twenty two now, the best powerlifting in the world in my world of weight division, arguably. Oh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Jesus Cantalo, he's American yeah. kid. He's like American Megatron. Kid. He's called Megatron on Instagram. And he is um, <laughs> squatting 400 kilos, benching oh. 250, deadlifting 400 kilos. Um, he's off, uh, but the thing is, like, how much strong, man. I, would, I would say this, because he's obviously an elite powerlifter and he's an elite like, strength athlete. Yeah. But he puts in, he gets out what he puts into the sport. Yeah. And you can see that he's yeah. very dedicated. That's cool. 
you have to balance what you're able to do with what you're getting out of the sport. Yeah. And if you, you can't look at someone like Russ Ory yeah. and say, why am I not the same as him? Because powerlifting is actually quite an equalising sport. There's no, you know, there's the, the arguments about that people make about strength sports and like, yeah. like African ancestry and this kind of stuff and stamina mm -hmm. work and that kind of crap. Yeah. If you look at powerlifting, it's so varied. Yeah. yeah, it's like, if I would have said to you, the strongest kid in powerlifting is a Mexican kid, Probably go. Mindset is that there's expectations on what type of person does what. Mm. Ultimately, those things are nonsense, and we're starting to learn that more and more. Yeah. Powerlifting's quite good for that because it shows that you don't have to look a certain way, you don't have to be a certain way. If you just actually be consistent, graph. And yeah, graph, but smart. Yeah, you can get out of it. That's what I love about strength sports in general is that they just they simply don't lie to you. Like yeah, the, whatever's on the bar is on the bar. Like you can be a football player and get gassed up by your coach or your dad that's trying to live vicariously through through you. It, it's it's just not the same. Project and love it. I'm doing that in my neck. <laughs> it's also a very beneficial thing to you where you say, "I've missed the lift." It is not because of anyone else. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's, you. it's how you train for it. And I've made that mistake. Yeah. I've, I don't necessarily always train as smart as I could because I enjoy certain aspects of training. Yeah, I get that. But there's times when I know I need to train a certain way to get better. Yeah. So I'll reel back certain things that I would do on a regular basis, like lifting very heavy, very, very heavy, as opposed to heavy. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I would take out of my workouts. Well, um, I would just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like your guns. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like the idea of that, like you know, twenty plate on the side of the bar weighs the same to me as it does to someone on the other side of the planet. Yeah, yeah. and if yeah, and yeah. if I lift it more times than they do, then I'm stronger. But if they lift yeah. it more times than me, then they're stronger. There's just and no, there's no, yeah, there's no like, oh well, well no, you lifted it more times because of this, and it's all, no, no it's, it's the same weight. Just had one more in the tank than me on, on this day or that day, or you always have to be from that experience. Yeah, man, if you don't train with your strongest, you no, but again, that goes, that goes into the idea of just looking at yourself. Yeah. I know you're saying that the idea that the weight on the bar is the same for everyone, yeah, but then you you can go into a million and one factors, yeah, you can. As someone that's like 130 kilos and like 6'3 plus, yeah, most people are not me, no. and you know, but. But that doesn't stop them from being able to achieve the same on the bar of me. No, of course not. Or where they're born, or like what their altitude is, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I competed in South Africa, and it's four and a half thousand feet above sea level, yeah. and I was getting like a dry, bloody nose every night because I wasn't used mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, that can benefit you as an athlete because you go somewhere else that's like yeah. at sea level, and you're like Superman. But that's why I just think that if, if the focus becomes about you, no. even if you compete. If you compete and you know you're, you're a good powerlifter, yeah. if you know that you're, if you're just happy and you say, I've hit 750 total, but I want to hit 780 total, so I'm putting 15 kilos here, mm. 5 kilos here, 10 yeah. kilos here, I'll make that small progression. If you hit those numbers and you go to a comp, let's say you get annihilated. Let's say you come last. You come last, but you still hit those numbers. Would, yeah, are you pissed off with that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean if I went to a competition, if I go to a comp my next comp, and I hit 920 plus, yeah. which is 2,000 pounds, right? Big. 910 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. If I hit 920, 910 plus, 
I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Honestly, if I go to a competition and literally it's cliche, but give everything I can, and I've trained smart and I've done all I can to get that much out of what I can do in that time, because mm -hmm. you're not going to put on 100 kilos and you fail within three months. Yeah, yeah. But if I go to that comp and I do that, I'm happy and I'm doing what I can do. And there's, there's going to be times when you'll go to a comp, and that's why I said when I win the British, I didn't do what I wanted to do. Yeah. So even though I won, I wasn't too happy it was nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah. It's the training I put into it and the expectations I had out of that training block and I didn't achieve them. So I nearly asked them when you were talking about British. <coughs> Let me give you two scenarios. Let's say, let's take, let's take British, um, or rather let's say you win a comp but uh, you don't total what you want, or you come last in a comp but you total more than what you wanted, which one would you prefer? I personally, I would go for the bigger total every time. So hitting what you wanted and knowing the training paid off. Where would you, where would you finish? Let's say you finish last. So you either finish oh, last, right. but you oh, you total what you oh, want. I'll total myself up. Yeah, you, 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 are, you need every lift, you're like, yo, I've smashed it, but there just happens to be 10 dudes that are just stronger than you, it is what it is. Or you come first, but you fall yeah, um, how, how? See, that's the thing. For me, it's an, easy, it's, 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 it's an easier scenario for me in the sense that if I, I'm a super heavyweight powerlifter, if I compete against Ray Williams and he has a bigger total than me and he beats me on the day and I get beaten by him by a 50 kilo total, yeah. he weighs 75 kilos more than I do. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done this, I've went to the world bench in Finland yeah. and I came fifth. I was nominated ninth. Yeah, TD Davis won. Yeah, TD yeah. won, to, to, Thomas Davis, world, like, one of the best bench pressers in the world, bench 300 kilos. Savage. So untested, like, untested now. Yeah, he's untested now, but he was tested. Right. And he benched 300 kilos. I was nominated not. I went there. I, well, you said not the So when you, you hit the, I went to British Nationals and I came second yeah. against a guy called um, Matt Brignall. Yeah. And he hit 215 on the day. I hit 210. Yeah. Then I went to Finland yeah. and I hit 212.5. Yeah. But the people nominated above me by three positions, eight, seven, six. Yeah. They all bombed out. They did hit their oh, and they missed. So I was nominated not and expected to finish around that place. But I came fifth. So I could say that I'm fifth in the world. But am I fifth in the world? Am I the fifth best bencher in the world? Yeah. No, absolutely not. So I'd rather go and hit a bigger bench. Yeah. If I went to if I went to that competition and came fifth at bench two fifty, uh -huh. I'd be happier with that than going and coming not and benching less. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Depends. It depends which comp you're at, and it depends who you're against, and it depends yeah. how you win. Yeah, I don't want to win. I don't want to win if everyone bombed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's well, something we have yeah. to consider, though, isn't yeah. it? Because yes. Ray Williams yeah. went to World uh, Worlds in 2019. Sweden, yeah. Everyone expected him to win by a mile, but he bombed. Like he was even close. How do you think that happens to to an athlete? Like loads of factors. You're traveling in from somewhere else. Because your opener is you're expected to sort of hit the the hot take with him is they reckon he was on gear and he cycled out this is what people think on social media yeah, yeah i personally i personally I think, yeah i don't think that either but th that's what people think is that he if was, he wasn't from usapl i might have thought yeah. that because of usapl oh, they're talking right. about pulling yourself out of ipf they test their athletes loads. Yeah, like they're loads. so hard. Yeah. So, IPF, so if you're passing that test consistently, like you're doing something They small. do so many IPF and wanna, So like basically if you're in the IPF and you're a country federation, they want you to enforce, they want them, 
they, the ICF wants to enforce the rules for testing, and basically the USAPL tests so many people all the time. As they should. On their third uh, party lab testing, and to me it doesn't make sense why they would have fake results in their own country. Yeah. Like you do that at an Olympic level, like the Russians did with Sochi, but you wouldn't do that in your own like, no. yeah we all cheat against each other, no, no, you're supposed to get a national team to go compete internationally. Yeah, That's the best in the world. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't make sense, they just kind of don't want to be put against the standard where the IPF have to follow. So they don't have, yeah, so like they don't have the pressure to follow the USAPL because the IPF has to seem like they're the dominant one because they're the governing body. Yeah. But no, it's stuff like that is stupid because A with like Ray Williams in his case, he didn't really look like he doesn't look like a steroid user to me. No, I've trained killer man being trained for a long Before Wildcard this year, I literally trained with Wes and three other guys that are on gear yeah. and I could tell exactly how a person on gear would look like. Yeah. And to be fair to people, to like flip it on its head as well, is that you're not going to get super strong on steroids. And I'm not saying you you can't, sorry, you can't, but there's individuals who are in my weight class, who are around my age, who are untested, who take some, but I'm like up there with them. Yeah, yeah. And I know I'm not on steroids. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't just make you a better strength. Athlete. And it's the same with Wes. There's a bunch of dudes that were untested that were on gear, but... He's a lot stronger than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I watched a, it must have been just like a mini documentary or something like that on um, Ray Williams. And they did like a Dex experiment. This must have been yeah, yeah, the FFMI thing. Yeah. 139 kilos. High Severus. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like if you put a strongman in there, it'd probably blow him up. Like Brian Shaw is well above that. Yeah, but it's. But again, it's if he's untested, then that's ridiculous. It's like your body weight, it's The notion of that as well is that yeah, strong men are good at their events, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be pretty good at powerlifting. There's only no, a few no, no, no. I would say would be super elite at powerlifting, and but the vice it's the same with powerlifters who go to strong men. It doesn't mean they're going to be amazing at strong men. No, no, I just meant that. I reckon like you stuck a strong man in the next cabin. Mm. Yeah, yeah. they probably have more muscle tissue, but it doesn't always mean a strong. Yeah, I feel like the powerlifting to a strong man makes more sense than the other way around. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's typically the case. You build that base, and now we're gonna learn all these. You've got static. You've got static strength. You might get some. someone that you can just tell lifts weights like yeah. you shake their hand or yeah. you like give them a hug or something like um sherry marvels has met him and she was just saying like when she's giving him like a hug you can just tell this man is like built super duper yeah. strong and i think like yeah there's so many factors in that kind of stuff like the, the whole like steroids versus not steroids argument mm-hmm. there was I, I was trained at a bodybuilding gym for a long long time yeah. and the person that like owned the gym would talk to me about steroid use and I've been asked the question loads. Yeah. And I always think if you have a knowledge of people taking steroids or what the effects it has on people are, yeah. things like, like mottled skin and obviously spots, yeah. the cap of their shoulder, the traps, because traps is something that you'll see. Like, there's an athlete now, I won't mention him, just probably know him, I don't want to say specifically because I'm not even sure like, what he said about his steroid use, but he's an American lifter, phenomenal mm-hmm. lifter. If you see his physique now versus what it was like two, three years ago, yeah. You can see straight away. Oh yeah, the difference. <laughs> yeah, his like upper chest and his traps and his shoulders. 
becomes all of a sudden just like pop completely. Yeah, because you have more androgens. Right? Yeah. So you're so I get it all the time because I, I think just my dad and my wife family are coal miners, and my granddad and everyone were just short, stocky men. And like when I first started my body went properly, my traps on my shoulders were the first thing to just. But I have that too. Like my mum did that and was a coal miner. Yeah, like slab. The first time I sat down, I was like, traps are massive. And you, you, our ass man is like you know, the gear is like. No, I just like, like your shoulder cap. Yeah. There's more of a with me as well. I've got big shoulders. Yeah, but it goes more like straight down. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that that's an only factor. No. To say that I'm not on steroids. It's something you can typically see in like yeah. especially like if you're lean, yeah. You'll see that certain muscle groups will grow like disproportionately. I've done it. Harder muscle groups to grow as well. I've done a big body scan as you know, but pretty much every month on the month since we got it, almost yeah. at the same time. And my lean tissue Sorry, my segmental fat mass analysis is just never really changed in my body. It's always just been super low. I just don't carry fat there. So like, I reckon even if I had like tiny freaking traps or whatever, I would look like I've got massive ones because I don't carry a lot of fat. Mm, yes. And it, it's hard to kind of judge that, but I think like I think steroids would be on serious parallels is very different, right? You got to be on different ones. It wouldn't be the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Sort of and obviously, weightlifting with powerlifting was like. The Eastern Bloc usually the Eastern, you know, call the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> the Eastern European countries they usually go for Stanzol. Yeah, yeah, that's like the go-to. I don't even know what the fuck. Drugs, drugs, drugs. The testosterone based. Okay. It's a uh, very much pushed by state to take this one yeah, and they provide. I'm all right saying. I mean, I don't really know. I could guess it. That that would increase your ability to train, so like your endurance of it, maybe. Yeah. And then anabolic steroids would be like for growing. Androgen, like, and yeah, 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 to, to make tissue. Yeah, so because you have, um, so your muscle has what's called the panation angle. Yeah. So you'll get someone like the prime example of this. No offense, Tony, if you ever hear this. <laughs> Tony Cliff is one of the strongest powerlifters in the world. Yeah. If you were to see him, you'd know that he obviously does some kind of strength sport. Yeah. But you wouldn't say that he looks enormous, yeah. particularly. And he's a European heritage, so he doesn't carry like I've got black ancestry. Yeah. So my arms are naturally like quite big mm. and you know muscle, my muscles carry to a certain way which probably makes you look more athletic yeah whereas he doesn't necessarily look like that but the angle of your muscle of the parallel of your fibers the, the more you go towards that 45 degrees the more you're built for basically power movements yeah, yeah it is, i can send you some stuff about it it's something that people won't necessarily know but the straight of it is the more it will have volume okay. the angle the lower volume that it has force you can generate yeah. and there's like a mystical position where if you could reach this angle i think it's 45 degrees is the maximum limit yeah. if you could like be perfectly on that of all your muscles you'd be able to lift like anything yeah. so i think there's like a weird like rule about if all your muscle fibers in your body could pull in one direction at the same time yeah. you'd lift like 70 tons but that's where like power things you'll get a balance now where you'll get you're getting more athletes that look like bodybuilders yeah, all the crossfitters look like bodybuilders now. Yeah, well, they're, they're, just, yeah. they're just ridiculous, aren't they? But, yeah. you know, like, hypertrophy and like, muscle gain is always beneficial to lifting more weight. Yeah, but knowing that you're stronger, if you can lift more weight, you've got more muscle. Yeah. And if you've got more muscle, you can lift more weight. Yeah. Is what I mean. It's a simple principle, right? Any closing remarks? We've just gone over the two hour mark by the end. Yeah. Natural. Natural close. Oh, oh, this is like the last close. <laughs> no, just enjoy having like have fun. What, in right. regards to what, just lifting? Life, lifting. Uh, have fun. So lifting life, you 
your work, realize that you can do more. Yeah. And I don't mean do more as in you have to do more, but you're capable of doing more. Worth hearing a piece of advice from a while ago, just never work in defensives and never say you won't do something. Yeah. yeah. We were having a conversation about other life things, and I just said, don't be, not everyone has to be black and white, don't be definitive. You know, it's okay to, a lot of people say, you know, essentially never say never. Yeah. Don't tell yourself you're never going to do something ever again, you're never going to do that, you're never going to speak to this person or lift this weight or do that or this and the other. Be, be less definitive and just say, be, like, be more, be like water, my friend. Which <laughs> camera is the main one? Is that one? Okay. Uh, so, like, what's his name? Joey Diaz? Yeah. Like, uh, just go on his Twitter every day and just read one of his tweets about <laughs> doing stuff with your balls out or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, just do everything with confidence, even if you're yeah. trash at it. Yeah. Like, you're going to be more motivated if you go with a positive mindset, as yeah. corny as it sounds.